Friendos, head over to The Chad Duke Show on YouTube to get more great shows and segments of The Chad Duke Show and Solid Dudes with Chad Dukes. That's youtube.com slash Chad Duke Show, and make sure to like and subscribe. Friendos, this episode of the Fortress Film Society is brought to you by Don't Sleep Energy Drink. Don'tsleepenergy.com. Don't be a square like the tube. Pick up a 12-pack and use it for your mixers. Throw some vodka in there. Keep the party going. Use the Duke's promo code. Get 10% off your order. Don't sleep energy.com. D-U-K-E-S is my promo code. Hey, fucking guy, Mike, man. He likes to advertise on a shitload of other podcasts, and it pisses me off. So let's go ahead and make sure that he knows that this is the only show in town that matters. Use that Duke's promo code. They got it in sugar-free. They got it in regular. It's delish. Replace whatever energy drink you got. You're coming out on Saturday to the big event out at Commonwealth Dry Goods. We will have them in the drink cooler if you'd like to give them a try. Don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code D-U-K-E-S to get 10% off. Action. This ain't reality TV! I take this ass and Can we get serious now? It's the Fortress Film Society on The Chad Duke Show. Uh-oh. Level's a little low. You alright, Jimmy? Alright. Everybody working? I'm uh, here. All right, yeah. yeah. Okay. He always has goat up loudest. He always does. He loves goat. <laughs> James is a goat mark. <laughs> On the gate, Mark. Welcome to the Fortress Film Society. Thank you so much for checking us out, friendos. We're broadcasting live on the Fortress Solid Dudes, presented by Monk's Barbecue in Percival. Monk returning to the States as we are recording this. And then I believe he told me that next Monday... He is leaving for the Outer Banks for three weeks. <laughs> nice. Wait. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's all I can do but to aspire to have his life. He runs life two gigantic restaurants. Some would say he's done it right, so now you can just walk away for who knows how long. The monks and the Adam McNairs of the world. That's yeah. all I fucking want. What is the kid doing, I wonder? Is the kid there? Great question. He's got the two kids, too, because he's got the other one that comes back from college, so I don't I don't know how he's swinging it. He's, I mean, God bless him. He's living like he's good for them. Yeah, like yeah. He's yes. 60 and cranking it down for yeah. retirement. <laughs> uh, big uh, verbal nod to the return of sweet daddy James, who, much to his credit, only missed one show due to injury. The J Man. That's what we call him. How you doing, J Man? I'm good. Should we go with injury? Uh, well, what did I say? Well, I wasn't really injured. I yes, had... you fucking were. Well. You had a torn muscle that your <laughs> intestine had exploded through. All right. Uh-huh. That's a good point. I yeah. agree. I don't know what we're quibbling about here. <laughs> you know, I was trying to pay you a compliment, you fucking Thank son you. of a bitch. <laughs> of course, he forgot his keys, which is also Aww. a very gym move. Uh, do you want to show everybody the belly button? You still shaking off anesthesia? Is that why you forgot your keys? Yeah, yeah. yeah, still yeah, yeah. How's the pain, by the way? Uh, it's a little rough. Uh, right in the midsection. The you got pills? Of the... I do. You taking them? I'm taking more Tylenol than I am the heavy pills, just because, just in case we have some drinks tonight. I don't want. What's the heavy pill? I think they gave me oxys. Got a yawn here? No, I don't have one. <laughs> Can the shoots there have one? Generally, I think they frown on taking those and driving as well. <laughs> right. So you know, fuck it. They, they frown on a lot of shit, don't they? Probably frown on just they're not servicing that hernia for three or four years. That's, I mean, that's probably true. All right, come on. Let's yeah, see definitely it. show everybody. It's gotta be. It's gotta look way better, right? Let's see. Take a look. 
Look at that. That's a belly button right yeah. there. Congratulations. Right. Everything's contained within its original factory packaging. Yeah, Woo-hoo. I think Ant-Man pointed out they had to go in up real high north, real high. didn't they? Yeah, wow. I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I thought that would be more closer here. Yeah, I would think the incisions would be lower. Yeah, those oddly don't really hurt. Did they say anything about the cock? <laughs> no, we haven't oh. discussed that. That'll be out with the urologist probably next month. Yeah, one step man, at a time. Man. This is great. We're going to build Jimmy back. It's like the $6 million man. <laughs> Do you feel better? Just a I mean, you few, have fewer yeah. zeros. I know you're having a lot of anxiety. Did you have a? You feel better about it? Yeah, it was definitely filled with anxiety while in the hospital. But it, looking at it now, I mean, I, I don't know why. What was holding me back from getting it fixed? Probably. I do, but I won't say it because I'm happy you did it. I, I, thank you. No I, problem. I, I understand the lazy argument, but that's why when the colonoscopy lady called me, I'm like, Yeah, when? When do you want it? She's <laughs> right. like, Well, she's like, uh, You can't come today. I was like, I'll come today. What, do you want me to come today? I have no problem doing as, it. As long as I don't have to make the phone call, it's yeah, very easy. It's really, it's <laughs> sir. Please put your asshole away. Yeah, yeah I just go, I go fucking asshole clapping towards her as soon as she called me on the phone. This is the waiting room. I swear to God, dude, it's like I was awake uh, like right afterwards, and then an hour after I was awake, I'm like, well, I'm just, I guess I'm just back until someone was piping out my asshole, but I don't remember any of it. Uh, wow, well, that's a strange beginning to the show. I, I, have, right said, I have said before, I, I appreciate how open you are about that, and, and uh, yeah? how... Uh, I don't know it's 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 good for like your audience to hear that it's not it's not that big of a deal. It would have been good. There's a lot of anxiety. Well, I appreciate that. that. It would have been good while you were speaking to have the camera on you, but Tor's not here, so we can't get well, that. Yeah. Oh, well, um, he hasn't been introduced like, yet. What's again, that? Anesthesia. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I would say that um, Jimmy stick it to the cannon. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on here, and the book near to Timothy's on road. It says right here. All right, so. Um, yeah, get a colonoscopy. It is zip zero stench you with an arrow. There's not go if you go early. Who gives a fuck? Um, they might find some fun stuff up there. There is Loud Goats. <laughs> I don't think he appreciates being brought in that way, but good to see you, Goat. I mean, I'm a member of the club, so yes, I would also recommend uh, everyone take yes. care of your health, especially in the areas that you don't necessarily think you want to. They found a big whole bunch of stuff up there for me. Did they find anything for you? Yeah, they found uh, that I had to get my appendix taken out because oh, of that. Shit. That was back... Uh, wow. yeah. And I was lucky enough that my appendix my appendix removal was just before the pandemic, Man. before it was even a thing. So, like, if it had been a month later, I'd have been waiting, like, a year to get it scheduled. Was, was this the day man. after we were at AEW? Yes, indeed it was. Oh, that was right. the, the My scope was the day after the very first AEW Dynamite down at Capital One. I had my prep drink and a Yeti in my car for the drive home. Oh, so. my wow. God. Yeah, I was racing against <laughs> that time to get home. really yeah. risking it. <laughs> he, he, I was blackout drunk, and he was leaving early, and I was just motherfucking yeah, him the it was whole the time. Fuck they, yeah. <laughs> the show had ended. We were already into the dark match, and it was like people that hadn't even actually been in an a-, a wrestling promotion before then. And Dottie's like, "What? What are you doing? You, you fake faggot? What are you, you piker? Get out of here!" I'm like, uh, "I have a colonoscopy tomorrow." He's like, "I don't give a shit. What does that even mean?" <laughs> it wasn't until weeks later when he was sober. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry, man. I was just really mad at you. I was, I was drunk. Went a little hard. I'm like, all right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think that most people when they get the prep." Um, they think it's bad, and I swear to God, I'm, I feel blessed to have so much diarrhea. I was like, this is not even, <laughs> it's not even all you, outside you of the built realm. up your tolerance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine it would be like if a bare knuckle boxer gets like steps into a boxing ring with like twelve ounce gloves on. I'm like, oh, <laughs> nothing. Everybody thought telling me this would be bad. Um, yeah, the Fortress Colonoscopy Society. Uh, Tube is not, but he's a young man. He hasn't experienced that yet. Hello, Tuber. One day, you? I look forward to it. Man, it's exciting. We yeah. should go together. Well, you keep up all the habits. You'll be there soon enough. Yep. I have um, good news, by the way. Yes. I like movies again. 
Oh, good. Hey, hey what, movies are great. What changed your uh, outlook? Uh, I was worried that if two out of the three of us hated movies, then we, we have the power to take down Hollywood with I hate this show. Movies, yeah. Uh, so you know, for the good of the, for the greater good, I, I figured one of us had to revert back to um, enjoying them. So. I think Goat still likes movies. So you're saying now that it's two out of three of the people on the show like movies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying if two out of the three of us hated movies, then we It'd be could, rough we could to destroy the show. industry as we know yeah. it. And you know, I, don't, I don't want that for okay. Anyone. But haven't we been doing that for months? Oh, the yeah, two out of three of us hated movies <laughs> the entire time. It hasn't hurt the show. Uh, no, I've just—I guess I've—I've—I've I've, I've found a pocket of good movies out there, and uh, spending a lot of time with, uh, with d- d- discovering new stuff. And, I, and, yeah. and the programming on this show lately has been, I think, stellar, and uh, that's so that's helped steer me back on a, a clear path. I—I I, I think I'm caught up with everything in theaters. Most of it is kind of uh, dismissible, but there's some good stuff out is there. She dead reckoning. Yes. Okay. Maybe yes. we can we can probably talk about that. I know yes, you and absolutely. I. Absolutely. You and I saw. Uh, Whatever the insidious, I think is it. Yeah, yes, insidious. The the red door. I had some news on that too. We can talk yeah. about that also. Cool. We'll do all that. Um, we've got three movies to talk about tonight. Uh, you're not going to believe this. Wait, three? Yeah, I still haven't seen fucking Boogeyman. Um, <laughs> that is so crazy that it's not on demand. I yet. I actually can't believe it. I, I think that movie is perfect for on demand, and I think it'd kill. It just <laughs> I think it would kill on demand. Yeah. And I checked the box office; like it made money. But it's not still killing it. Like it's not it's still barely even out. Who I put mean, it out? then what the fuck is the problem? Yeah. Like that seems like the perfect movie to have on demand a week after you know its third week in the, it in was, the theater. Yeah. It was twentieth century Fox. Dude, it, it. I googled it. They have no plans to put it on a streaming service. That's intriguing. Yeah, and the only place they go now that, to see it is you can go to Movie Co. In Arundel Mills Mall, oh. or you can go to whatever was Movie Co. down in Fredericksburg, Bolero, down where Kevin Smith used to live. Oh, okay. Like those are the two places. It's my fault for waiting this long, but I tried two or three yeah, times good, during the two week period to like check in on it. I'm like, I can't fucking believe this movie. <laughs> I guarantee Oppenheimer is going to be available, and Nolan hates sending things to fucking streaming <laughs> services. Um, all right, we'll talk about that. It's a big weekend in the, in the theater as well. I'm a little perplexed by it um but of course uh, it is a tuber week tuber selected the movie for us so the floor is his the long goodbye directed by robert altman from 1973 uh elliot gould is the uh the, the lead in it and um i was uh, pleased right off the bat to see john williams name pop yeah. up in the opening credits uh scoring it also writing the song he has a songwriter's credit for the i guess you would call it like the theme um, that oh, plays yeah. in the, thread, the audio yeah. thread that runs through the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a, a lot of a lot of buzzwords being thrown around. I don't know the descriptors, the genres, but neo noir, satire noir, however you want to uh, frame it. It's it's um, a send up of like the classic, you know, private eye stories and kind of turning it upside down on its head. Uh, I think I caught it. I think I rented it on Prime, um, but considered to be I don't know. It's it's considered a classic by a lot of folks and. Um, I guess it it's um, known to have like set the tone for the modern like noir like private eye type okay. mystery movie that was that, that came around afterwards. Um, I, I thought immediately right away like oh this is what the Coen brothers were thinking of the whole time they made the Big Lebowski. Um, I think oh, there was yeah. like there was like a lot of a lot of a uh, crossover there. But basically, Private Eye he helps out his friend uh, get out of town. His friend is then accused of murdering his wife. He gets involved helping out another married couple, and everything kind of intersects together. Hilarity and, uh, ensues. Hilarity yeah. ensues, <laughs> and you can't tell if he 
you know, cares more than anything or doesn't give a shit at all and smokes, I think, a thousand cigarettes <laughs> in yeah. about an hour and 45 minutes. Are you guys think, saying this movie's a comedy? I'm missing something. I think it's supposed to be played as... I don't know. It's not, it's not like a slapstick comedy. I know. What you, it like sounds that. like you're describing airplane. There were some there were there were some chuckles here and there, but yeah, yeah I would some, say he has some great one liners. It's, it's definitely wry humor. Yeah, uh, it's not farcical. It's uh, I, seeing it as like a, a satire. I guess that's the difference between like parody and satire, yeah. where parody is more played for over the top laughs, and satire is kind of just a subtle skewering in spots. Um, I think it does have. A lot going for it. I think when you mentioned the cigarettes, one thing that if you watch a supercut of all the ways that he lights one of those strike anywhere matches and then takes it up for the cigarette light, it's incredible watching the the acrobatics he performs to get a cigarette lit on a regular basis. One of my favorites was he actually uh, flicked the thing on a a pane of glass and Mm -hmm. somehow it Mm -hmm. fired up. I'm like... That was I like in the in the grocery store, right? I don't think that would work. And he's firing one up walking into the grocery store, yeah. (laughs) In the doctor's office, it's just constantly. So um, I'm embarrassed by this. I had no file on Philip Marlowe, and I didn't know this was a series of movies that a lot of different actors have played. And for people that are as ignorant as I am, uh, Humphrey Bogart has played this character. Robert Mont- um, Montgomery has played this character. James Garner has played this character. And, of course, Elliot Gould. Uh, Robert Mitchum played this character. Uh, and Liam Neeson. Apparently, there was a Marlowe oh, movie yeah. in 2023. That got just absolutely skewered, and, and he looks, it looks fucking ridiculous. So. I think that came out in like February or March. Yeah, for a, approximately a day. I, I'd like to watch <laughs> The Big Sleep. I've heard about that movie my whole life, and I've never watched it. And I yeah, guess I've never that's seen it either. it's kind of considered the best one. They did a remake of it. Um, I'd like to watch the Bogart one. I don't know if that's something we want to put on. Maybe write that down as a maybe for this, depending on how this episode goes for the sure, next one. Sure. All right. But I, I found that to be somewhat interesting, and this is apparently the. Um, there's some really good movies in there and people, the consensus seems to be, this is the best portrayal of this particular character. Um, and if you look at some of the other ones, they're a little dated. So it looks more like, like it looks yeah. kind of like that, where this guy's the exact opposite. I, I would push back a little on the, this is a big, funny naked gun movie. When the dude fucking takes the bottle and smashes it in that oh my girl's God. face. That was brutal. I was like, and it really, it, it, it for a minute, I didn't. I, I said, I don't know if I like this movie because it, t- it it did not feel like it vibed with the movie at all. It was such a violent, awful thing, and that character is kind of a he's almost comedic relief, yeah. like, especially when they're all getting naked at the end. I'm like, <laughs> is this the same fucking guy that did that? Like that that took me a minute to get around, but I ultimately thought I felt like um, it's a pretty interesting piece of movie making to let you know, like this isn't a goofball world. This guy is fucking awful yeah things are real if if the incredible grittiness of the police station right out of the gate didn't clue you in to how like kind of foul and and dirty this entire operation was going to be that definitely put the exclamation point on it he was still smoking and joking and like putting the fucking by the way blackface and dropping multiple f-bombs like in the same scene i was like wow times yeah times have changed 1973 yeah Yeah. but it was still like he's cracking jokes the whole time like ah well i'm on my way to get my groceries and i don't know like that one scene really fucked me up um but still it was it was very too, too much time with the drunk husband I had yeah, enough. The, the I had not, enough of that. Do you not quite Hemingway? Uh, no, I he's uh, the captain in The Godfather. Is captain he really? Plusky, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, 
I guess uh, Kevin Smith and I were talking about this earlier. I guess he spent a lot of time on set, actually, like fucked up out of his mind, like drunk and stoned, just like ah, okay. like talking, like doesn't remember any of the scenes he shared with Gould. Like going when full method. Yeah, when yeah. they're wow. when they're sitting there just passing a bottle back and forth. By the way, the idea of just spending a morning passing a bottle back and forth. I, I haven't had a drink in a couple of weeks. On the beach, by the way. I saw that beach background. Dude, my feet were tapping. I'm like, okay. That I'm was going to call Chad in two weeks. Like there's a chilled. There's chilled bottles. And then there's the bottle that's actually in a block of ice that oh. you're setting on the table. I thought that was an, an intriguing technique. It's a nice house. Yeah. That woman that is his wife that ultimately turns out to be a bad guy, I could not. There were scenes where I'm like, that might be the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And there's other scenes where I'm like, and I don't mean to sound like a dickhead, but I'm like, I don't, what the fuck's going on with her? Like, it was just a, maybe it was just the 70s, man. When she's driving the car and they have the close-ups of her driving the car, I'm like, is that the same actress? Like, she's she's <laughs> like, reminding me of the woman on Seinfeld. Yeah. Like, in certain <laughs> lighting. She's a two-face. <laughs> yeah. Bad lighting on the porch. Yeah, but when she's, like, fixing him dinner and, like, the gown with the hair down, I'm like, God, yeah. she's like a fucking <laughs> supermodel. Like, this is... This is nuts. Um, Elliot Gould is uh, awesome in this fucking movie. And yeah. I, I like this character. Um, I like when he, they're on the beach and the guy's died and he's shit-faced screaming at the cops. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. He's like, got the bottle and the mug. <laughs> well, he's yelling at them for getting all of the, the witnesses drunk so they'll talk about whatever they are, whatever they're going to be asked about. And then he's just given that hammered. one lieutenant the business the entire time because he's been mad at him. Since the probably since before Three the beginning days of in this jail movie, for no yeah. reason, I think you'd probably be mad. Yeah, and apparently, I mean, I would imagine they've probably crossed paths before being a, a private detective and all. The way they use the camera in this movie is at times fucking crazy, and I, I just think of beca- the, the scene, you know, pre uh, previous to him talking to the cops when you actually see the rider fall into the water, where it starts with uh, Marlo and I think Eileen. I think Eileen's the um, mm-hmm. the, the woman. They're talking in front of like a big, you know, play, play glass window, and it's the two of them in the center of the frame. And then the camera zooms and zooms until they're eventually yeah. out of the shot, zooms through the window, and that's when it refocuses, and you see him stumbling around on the beach. And while they're still talking, it just continues to zoom and follow him until he falls into the water. And I'm like, fuck, that is like, yeah. you know, it, it's it's like a 45 second like composed shot and. We just don't see a lot of that shit anymore, man. And um, I, I, I love I love stuff like that, especially yeah. from this era. There are a lot of great uh, severe foreground compositions as well. Like it's just the entire movie. There's there's interesting visuals that you might not expect, uh, especially again at the beginning. It's pretty straightforward. You know, it's just sort of private eye stuff, and then it gets a little artsy mm-hmm. about about a third of the way through, and it really continues that because it's taking your eyes where you're supposed to be paying attention. Yeah, and, which is pretty cool. And we're like we're we're just we're like really getting into I don't know the um. The like it's thriving um, at, at that time in the seventies, like the early to mid seventies, where you've got these. Um, I can't remember what they were called, like their version of the Brat Pack, but like the Coppolas, the Scorseses, like yeah. the early Spielbergs, where they grew up with you know the first wave of like art house you know film from different countries, and then they're taking all of that technical stuff and putting it into American movies, where it's these new these new younger like more educated guys that are more focused as like artists instead of you know. Movies being directed by big studio mogul, moguls. Yeah, it does make a big difference. Yeah, like when absolutely. You, you, when you get those flourishes, it, it changes your perspective of the movie as well. Like the fact that it was also, like you said, that one scene where he's walking in, it's tied to the story instead of just art for art's sake, which is always kind of rewarding. I love the opening scene, though, where he's going to get the cat food yeah. and then he's trying to pull one over on <laughs> oh, the cat yeah. by putting it in the right <laughs> cat. It's such a fun little scene. And then 
I also the the crazy the, the women drug addicts that are doing yoga constantly. <laughs> the yoga the, commune. They're yeah. so funny, and I was I was very happy. There's some disgusting, you know, dude stuff that happens in this movie, but I'm so glad that uh, Marlo never went over there and said, "Fuck it, we're just gonna go run a train." Like I it never, <laughs> it would never even approach that. It's just like they were just his neighbors. These are my neighbors, yeah. and yes, I'll bring yeah. you back two kinds of brownie mix, <laughs> which I thought was fucking hilarious because whenever somebody else would come over, like Jesus Christ, what's going on <laughs> next door to your house um the slug line i don't know if he says this in the movie or this is from another marlo movie but if you look at the poster it says nothing says goodbye like a bullet which i thought is interesting because correct me if i'm wrong is there there's only one gunshot in this whole movie and it's at the very end correct? i think so yeah. yeah where does he get the gun he's in mexico you never see him get a gun he just pulls a gun out and shoots that guy in the, in the head, which I assume he was there to do. Maybe he got it from the cops that he bribed to tell him where he was. I guess. That was the whole... The, I, I loved the fact that they were having that exchange about the, uh, you know, are you trying to bribe us? And they're yeah, just yeah, showing yeah, the yeah. money on the, on the car seat. And then most of the shots of that conversation are exterior of the yeah. village and the little, uh, that was you know, good scene. hideaway spot that he was going to to uh, exact his revenge, as it were. I like how matter of fact the Mexican police were too. They're just yeah. like, well, of course, this is what we did. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, they're very forthcoming. I'm also the coroner. I'm also the photographer. I'm also. <laughs> it's, it's like, wow, you do a lot of great work around here. How did uh, the bag of money when it showed up? I'm very b murky about all that. Why did she? give the mob the bag of money that is a great question because it seemed like she i mean did she, she was gonna like get away him? with it maybe she liked him in some way shape or form the guilty conscience well but, i think it's the at that point the husband has died oh so she has the money from yeah. the husband dying as well as uh uh is it but aren't i, I correct me if i'm wrong is the bag of it, i felt like the bag they're counting out of on that table at the end of the movie is the bag that his buddy has, Terry has, at the beginning when he's fleeing to Mexico. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I wonder, where the fuck did that bag of money come? Because clearly that guy, Terry, had bought himself a nice hacienda. You know, he's sitting there by the pool. Yeah, maybe he took enough to do whatever he needed to do in Mexico, and she was going to bring the rest I after. I get that part at all. Well, and yeah. there's, there's a part where you don't know where she is because he Marlo goes to the house, and she's moved out, or they're moving all the stuff, and she's like, I, the, the woman there is like, I can't tell you where she went, so... I guess you could assume that maybe she's in Mexico getting the money from Terry. Well, and she sold that up. big ass house, or is selling it. Um, and I'm sure this what is, an amazing house, by the way. And it's and the husband yeah. was the successful one, right? Yeah. So that the, she the probably got a bunch of money because he committed suicide. Because well, and Terry references that at the end of the movie, he's like, "We have the money from her dead husband and from my dead wife, and so now we're like richer than we ever could have imagined yeah. together." Yeah, I guess I just don't know how that part happened to save him. That that scene was very funny. Fucking catching Arnold in that scene is yeah. so, so crazy. When you texted, uh, "Oh my God, John Williams did the music," I almost I was everything I could do to not just be like, "Keep your eyes peeled yeah. for another big surprise," because <laughs> he's there in the shadows at the very beginning of the shot, and you know it's just this big bulky looking dude. You don't see his face. But I remember saying, "I said uh, that guy really looks like Arnold." I said, you know? "Is that Arnold?" And then lo and behold, the next shot full in the middle of the frame with lighting and everything. I said, holy shit. Yeah. Now, he has no lines, which is not shocking at but this point in time. But they get him naked, which makes but, a lot of sense. Yeah. It's like, well, why else would you cast him in 1972, 73? Yeah. Almost 10 years before Terminator 2. But is that Hercules in New York is his first starring role. So like when. OK, so this was after Hercules in New York, which is fucking crazy because he is a star 
in yeah. that movie. I've watched that movie. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's, oh, it's not good. Um, and depending think, on which version, you don't hear his voice at all. I want to watch the rest of these shitty TV shows and movies that he was in before. Because <laughs> he's in Conan in fucking 1982. So that's the first time we kind of see him in his splendor. And then, of course, the Destroyer and Terminator come out in the same yeah. year. Was so. that 84? Yeah, yeah, two years after. But I fully expected him to at least do something muscly. He just he stood there. He popped his pecs a couple yeah, times. But I, I thought, you know, he'd, you know, hold on to him or pick something up as a show of strength. Or, nope, he's just know, there. But yeah, he's just there to look menacing. Uncredited. He's it just is there. very rare to see, like, well, I think in the outside, what, what year did The Outsiders come out? Uh, like, we looked that up. Early eighties. Tom think. Cruise showing up in The Outsiders was Tom Cruise already a superstar? I don't believe so. I don't think so either. The I, Outsiders yeah. was like I think even before all the right moves. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise has a bigger role than Arnold does in this movie. I'm just trying to compare some with with the star power that that they would possibly have. Like you, you just don't see. Oh, go. That's one of those famous people that's ever lived. And yeah. he's just you know he's young and he, here he is the beginning of his career. He's a throwaway. Yeah, yeah. that was um, really cool. I also liked kind of the. It, I got very much. Uh, but Jack Palance's character bringing out uh, the lady for when Jack when Napier has disfigured uh, the blonde lady in Batman okay. and brings her out to prove how little he cares about aesthetics. He's like, oh, let's bring her back out. And she's got all the bandages on her face and the retainer, the wired <laughs> jaw wired Sweet. shut stuff. Sugar pumps. I'm like, oh, oh, that's that's an unfortunate show of sociopathy, Weird I would flex. say, on the uh, on the part of the, the crime boss. Yeah, I, I didn't... Um... The, 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 this is so high on a lot of people's lists. I, I like the movie. It's a, it's a good movie, and it feels different than a lot of the other movies that we've watched from this piece because you guys are right. There's moments of levity. But there's long stretches in the middle. And again, I hate to keep saying it with uh, with that the drunk husband with mm-hmm. the beard where I'm just like, what? get to it. What the fuck is going on? And then by the end of it, I realize, oh, these are just... If there wasn't, if there wasn't a wife that had been beaten to death in a horrible way, which we never see, of course... It just felt like Laguna Beach, where everyone's fucking each other and everyone's drunk and they're <laughs> cheating and shit's happening. Yeah, like, that's kind of what the whole movie was. I guess that's probably that's kind of neo noir. Like you know, there's not here's your white hat and here's your black hat and they're there is fight. no yeah, there is no grand resolution. It's yeah. always kind of left a little bit murky. I, I, I read like a lot about how Altman was really trying to convey like he doesn't know, like like Marlowe doesn't know for sure who's good and who's bad, who's right and who's wrong, who's doing something noble and who's doing something shady he's just mm-hmm. kind of like stumbling through it and that is actually from what i remember reading a, a while back one of the tropes of noir detectives at least certain like a subset of it the detective has no actual role in solving the case they're just kind of there as yeah. our perspective like they're taking the audience through the turn of events where we're just as much in the dark as they are and it ultimately usually ends up resolving itself whether the detective had been there or not. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a nod as you see, like everything sort of just falls into place. His uh, trip down to Mexico for revenge is like an epilogue to the actual story yeah, because the, the, the mystery itself, you almost don't get a resolution. He didn't put any of the pieces together. It was just like, hey, wait a minute. The money's back. All right, I'm leaving. Hey, wait a minute. There's the lady. Oh, hey, wait a minute. All right, you know what? I'm going to go back and, and just take out the guy who got me into this mess in the first place. And that's and like that's your resolution. That's where I really, you know, was thinking about the big Lebowski, right? Yeah. Where it's like, okay, oh, like she's back. Like she never was she never was kidnapped. There never was a ransom. Like this was all fabricated and like now we're just back at the bowling alley. Like I think they 
Uh, I'm sure there's essays or whatever the fuck that Mm -hmm. compare the two, but, um, and and, you know, uh, being like, just like, it it does feel very much like a Los Angeles movie in a lot of ways that Lebowski is as well. But, um, the time spent between like the neighborhoods, you know, Malibu versus like his, by the way, I love the idea of like that elevator that goes up to their, like, they're like, you know, like the overlook. I thought, I thought it looked awesome. I look at that fucking guys like shitting on his apartment and I'm like. He's on the top floor and he's overlooking all these <laughs> naked yoga m- models. Like, what, what are you talking Honestly, about? Honestly, that opening pan, I out loud remarked like, "Wow, this is a cool apartment." Yeah. Just with the different rooms and like, I mean, obviously he's not keeping it yeah. its absolute <laughs> shiniest, but hey, it looked awesome. Yeah. Uh, 95% from the critics, 87% from the audience. It was an hour 52. Felt a touch long to me, but certainly nothing um Nothing egregious. I, it is interesting that uh, Elliot Gould plays the dad in Gilmore Girls, and um, that is where I've kind of been introduced to him <laughs> the most. And so it's weird to see him like in this role. Not not called Dad in Gilmore Girls. The dad in Friends. Uh, Friends. Friends. Excuse me, yeah, Mr. Geller. Friends. Friends is what I wanted to say. Yeah. So it's like it's weird because he's such a goofball in that fucking show, and he has routinely been a goofball yeah. uh, as his career has gone on. So it's, yeah, it's weird to see guys in roles like this and be like. He could have been Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know what I mean? Where he's got chops to do so many different things. I would like to have seen him in more roles like this. And maybe he's done more roles like this that I need to check out. But it's the first time I've seen him in this capacity. Yeah, I think earlier in his career, he was definitely uh, more towards the walking the line between being comedic and dramatic. Like He was in a lot of uh, those like uh, midlife adult character studies, if I remember correctly. Like just a few different titles that that are escaping me at the moment. But he played a lot of roles like that he was very like he was on the early episodes of saturday night live he would always kind of be a little dour even though he was being comedic i feel like, like him and like albert brooks have similar i can see that yeah or like yeah, similar careers I, I as you know e- e- easy accessible as it is i do like when he's just wearing bathrobes and smoking cigars in the oceans movies <laughs> uh i think that uh, i love I, just, I love what the energy that he brings to any of those any of those movies and, and he only like recently died i think in the last like I don't know, a couple of years, two, three years, maybe. He's got a credit, a working credit in 2023. So he must have been filming shit up until that point. So to your point, Dotsie, Dotsie is what I would say. Dotsie, that's yeah, me. I'm looking through his shit. Um, I don't there, there's just not a lot of movies that he's done that I've seen. You know, yeah, I just for whatever reason, his career is, is a bit of a blind spot for me. So I'm glad we um, I'm glad we watched that. I'm glad we watched that um, that movie. Uh, you guys want to give it a score? Yeah. yeah, Dottie, would you like to go first? As it's the your two. selection. Yeah, it's an easy four, and I, I, I want to spend more time with it. You know, Goat's mentioning, oh wow, all the different ways that he lights the, you know, the strike anywhere match. I think that there's a lot that you can uncover the second or third or even fourth time watching this, and uh, it, it's very dense. Like the the script is dense. He's delivering a lot of dialogue, and it's all very dry humor. So I want to spend more time with it, but it's it's a four for now. I'm glad that I finally got to it. And uh, I wish it was like a little more accessible, you know, like I, I've never seen this play on TV. Um, I don't know if there's a, a Blu-ray circulating the, the transfer, like the rental transfer. It was a little dark. It was not fantastic. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was hard to see at times. Um, I, I'd love for them to put together a great restoration of this, but uh, total recommend. Glad, glad we checked it out. Yeah, I would say it's a three and a half with I, I say this frequently. It's a three and a half with the potential to be a four on rewatches. Um, I think there are details that I maybe didn't see or 
that maybe weren't there or I just missed them that would have made it a four for me. Um, I think the performances are they're so grounded that I almost at some point forgot they were actors, except for the fact that they were many of them were stars that I had seen in, sure. in other things. Like Elliot Gould is hard to mistake for somebody who just you know showed up on screen. Um, I enjoyed the the subtle humor. I thought the mystery was confusing enough on purpose to keep me from being able to figure out what the hell was going on to kind of mirror uh, Marlowe's experience throughout the whole thing. I do think there were, like you were saying, it, it was a little bit long if it were 20 minutes shorter, uh, but then maybe the things that happened don't have the same punch. Um, so yeah, I would say three and a half, well, bordering on a four. I guess he's most famous for Mash, and I have never watched one episode of Mash because well, it was the he was in the movie. Okay, well, I've yeah, watched, I think I Robert Altman also associated yeah. with Mash. No idea. I, the theme song bums me out so much I can't watch. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Jimmy? I had a lot of fun with this. I I really got taken aback with the the match striking too. Like it made me want to go right to the store, buy some wood matches, and see what in my yeah, house. You try I to do just... that with a well... wood matches. <laughs> I know that wouldn't be smart, but it just looks so it looks so cool the way he did it. A lot of people make smoking look like, wow, that looks amazing. He didn't make the smoking part look amazing, but the lighting of the cigarette was cool. And the 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 bad guy, the mafia guy, after we already saw him bash the bottle over the chick's face when he brought her in the second time when she's all wrapped up and he's kind of going through his whole bit again, it kept you tense like, Jesus Christ, what is he going to do to her this time? Like you just kind of assumed he was going to kill her. Something awful was about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, then, he's like, everyone take your yeah, clothes off. Yeah, and Arnold was the first one to get that shirt off. Yeah, why life. wouldn't you? I wouldn't wear any clothes. Arnold's underwear was definitely an interesting selection, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of somewhat surprising. It's an easy four for me, though. I had a really a good time with that. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three and a half, uh, just because I've already given you basically the reasons of it. Um, it's a good movie, and I, I am glad Dotson picked it, because I would... I would not have it was, but even though it was uh, again, it topped a lot of these neo noir lists. I keep going back to the mechanic, and I just enjoyed that so much more than on some of the other movies we've watched so far. So it's difficult to give it a score above that. But I'm very comfortable saying three and a half. And if anybody enjoys films, they should definitely watch this yeah. movie. I mean, yeah. that's a no brainer. I, I just I love detective stories, whether yeah. whether they figure it out or not. Yeah. I, I I like that part of Goat. I think you put it very well, like being taken along for the ride, and they're just kind of guiding you through this world and. I love whenever you go into this new pocket, like the the, the rehab clinic, and like kind of like this like CD rehab. I, I honestly wish that we spent more time there because I wanted yeah. I wanted a little bit more out of that. And like maybe they find someone else there, or maybe this this you know quack doctor is. I love you the know, people just wandering around yeah. the courtyard at all at, at, at times of the night. Yeah. Well, like that's that's my favorite part of like these types of movies is this you know this journey into someplace new and unusual. I like how much sneaking around he did. Too. Yeah, he yeah. Just popped up in bushes. Also, everywhere. like running at, in full sprints with a lit cigarette in in his mouth. I, I want to learn how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, think, I mean, you've got a couple of weeks of no drinking. That's you true. Really at least That's get a, true. A good start on. I, it. I don't know about the smoking policy in my gym. But yeah. I forgot to talk about the doctor. Um, that's another guy who is known for being. A com- he's a the comic. Illinois Nazi. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Harry Gibson is known for being funny, and he's usually in comedies, and here he's a very slimy character, <laughs> and when he confronts uh, the author at the party and slaps him across the face without fear yeah, of I don't get consequences, I didn't understand that. because he knew he had it over him that he'd been paid to keep his whereabouts quiet uh, for the alibi. I know, but that dude's fucking nuts. Like, I, yeah, I, I just didn't I think know. that he'd be calmed down like that. It, he must have. Well, maybe he did something to him at the asylum. But the fact that he is this sinister figure 
and he's trying to hide who he is when he's tracking Marlo down through the yeah. courtyard. And he's like, are you Dr. Verringer? He's like, mm. and the people sitting there just go, good morning, Dr. Verringer, and just blow up his spot immediately. And it's like, like a Simpsons God, gag. God damn it. So, yeah, he was. That was, a, that was an interesting role. I probably would have liked to have seen more about what was going on with him. I thought it was interesting. They kept, there's like four or five times they kept talking about how handsome Elliot Gould is and like how easy. And I'm like, he's a charismatic dude. I would not call him handsome. And I, that was brought up like four or five times in the movie. That always jumps out at me. Well, the early 70s were kind of a dirtier time. I guess. So. He's got a, he's got like a James Caan fell down the stairs look to yeah, him, is yeah. what I would, the way I would describe <laughs> he's it. He's r- rugged. <laughs> some of the Donald Sutherland movies, like he's supposed to be like a sex icon in mm-hmm. those. And it just, it's that it's horrible one we really walked, walked, watched in the back. Oh, he don't is, look now. Well, he was just a troubled father in that uh, one, I l- think. Licking armpits. And, he's yeah, that's <laughs> the worst <laughs> character. I hate that movie. It's getting a 4K release. Fucking hate movies. <laughs> of course um, it is. I believe it is uh, Loud Goat's turn to yes. select a film, is it not? Indeed it is, and uh, I am going to a more recent release uh, for the second, my second pick in a row. Uh, depending on what country you live in, it's either 2022 or 2023's Sisu, uh, which made a lot of, uh, got a lot of notoriety earlier this year. kind of came out, I think, around the same time as John Wick Chapter 4, at least here in the States. Uh, when an ex-soldier who discovers gold in the Lapland wilderness tries to take the loot into the city, Nazi soldiers led by a brutal SS officer battle him. And what I've heard it most succinctly described as is basically John Wick killing Nazis, uh, an older John Wick killing Nazis, which uh, it's a nice revenge-fueled bloodbath, kind of the bad guys get their comeuppance uh, sort of affair. So it looks like it's a lot of fun. I miss it in theaters. We were waiting it down, admittedly, for the price point on On Demand. It is now uh, at the $6 range on a variety of rental streaming services. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. None so, of the names attached to it. Really bizarre to me, names. But. I was curious if you know where it was made because I don't. I, I couldn't even. The names are so odd. I couldn't even tell you like, oh, this was Finland or, you know, this was uh, fucking. It's in Dagestan. English though, isn't it? I don't think so. Oh, is it not? This dude's name is Omni Tomilla, and then this dude's name is Artu Capulunian. Yeah, I don't know, man. Wherever it's from, I'm I've, I've yeah, not familiar. It's in that uh, oh, Finnish. Reminds me a is little the original Finnish? language. Yeah, the the names I wanted to say Finn just because of the names you were saying, but and yes, Balor. Of course, uh-huh. he, has, he has something to do with this. It gives me a troll hunter vibe. That's what it gives me, which is kind of it's like a wacky good time. Yeah, it's yeah. It it it's, it seems everyone who I know that has seen it, yes. and even people I don't know who have seen it on, were just gushing about it on yeah. social media. I so. watched the trailer. I really wanted to check yeah. it out, but uh, it was playing like downtown. Fin- Finnish is correct. It is. It was Finnish. filmed in Finland. Uh, it's been about six or seven years. People forget that I put that movie over though. Please watch Troll Hunter. It is fantastic, and I get tired when people ask me if I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> all right good all right well uh, that's great good i wanted to see that so i'm really happy you uh selected that as your movie excellent uh do we want to do one more here boys or how do you want to play it i could go for another movie well let's do triangle then because or is it triangles i always forget it's a singular Sing- triangle singular. Yeah. all right because i want to i think we should end with uh i have a couple of headlines here for us to discuss but i think we should um end with the fucking banger which of course is uh Days of Thunder. Indeed. I, I, has anyone been able to confront Jester? Maybe you could look this up, too. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of rumors that Days of Thunder is getting the Top Gun treatment. So I don't know that anything has oh, actually been so there'll be more Days of Thunder? I don't know what. I mean, this is... Someone described it to me as Top Gun with NASCARs. So I, I don't know what the fuck you wouldn't at least think about it. That was... There are... 
I, I remember, I believe I might have said that when, when it came up on the last one because a lot of people dismissed it as Top Gun with NASCAR. Yeah, please, more. Yes, so, I will. T- Top Gun and fill in the blank. Boat yeah, what, racing, what is so bad about that? Barbecue. I don't know what the fuck else you want to do. <laughs> like, sure, one has you know jet fighters and the other doesn't, but there's a lot of other cool shit in well, this Well, it's Bruckheimer, it's Scott, and it's Tom Cruise. Like, yeah. Okay, yes. Yeah. As, as, as many times as those three would like to do something. No shit. Please to be doing it. But um, before that triangle yeah i insist that everybody watch this fucking movie made it all about me it is um it's older than i thought when i first watched it 2009 uh clocks in an hour and 40 minutes 80 percent from the critic 66 from the audience it was weird because the trailer made it look like a bermuda triangle movie and the poster made it look like a i know what you did last like summer urban legend yeah. stream ripoff um yacht passengers encounter mysterious weather conditions that force them to jump onto another ship only to have odd havoc increase which i thought was a very interesting way succinct yeah, yeah. it stars melissa george you can't close your mouth um <laughs> a lot of teeth, yeah. i actually googled it and there there are people that are like i have never seen this woman close her mouth in a movie i'm not even saying it's all that distracting it's just you're about an hour and 10 minutes in you're like i hope there's no flies on this is this boat. going okay like, yeah yeah uh, Liam Hemsworth, a very young Liam Hemsworth, and then um, some other people. Some people. Yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, this movie reminded me of, is it The Endless or Endless, Tuber? The Endless. The Endless, which is a movie I thought that we all very much enjoyed, which Love was that a, movie. a time loop movie. And spoiler alert, this is a time loop movie, um, which sometimes to me can be very frustrating because I'm not smart enough to figure them out, and so it plagues me as I'm concerning it or <laughs> watching it. But I really enjoyed this. It was rated R. Um, and it was fun because even though time was looping, it's not like a lot of movies where like, um, edge of tomorrow, right? Where like shit keeps starting over again. Happy death day. Nah, we're going with this girl the whole way through it and time's looping around her. Yeah. Um, I really, really liked this movie and I, I thought it was interesting. I thought the fucking, I didn't see the end coming. I started uh, the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is an influence of this. Of course, they mentioned uh, Sisyphus a thousand times in this movie, which is clearly, if you go read about that, it's it's what this is about as well. Remember to go, when I said, you you said, is there an albatross in this movie? Yeah. And I said, yeah, like I didn't want to say anything because not in the same way there is in that, you know, limerick or poem or whatever that is. Um, but yeah, there is towards the end of it, which is clearly a nod. I It felt, uh, it there were some special effects issues, I think. The budget was definitely yeah. visible. It's an independent yeah. movie. Independent yeah. horror movie, 2009. Like, I, 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 I look past that stuff, you know? Especially when, like, this, yeah. this movie is, is based around storytelling. Like, that's the, the foundation of this is the time loop storytelling, and you're trying to figure out the mystery. So, uh, yeah, at, at times the storm looked like shit, but... I, don't know. I, I I got past that pretty quick, and it, it gives you the the inception. Well, did they actually get out of the shit fucking vibe yeah. there for a little bit? Which I kind of dig. Um, the my favorite part of this movie was you get about half an hour in and you start realizing, oh, they were they were seeing her the whole time. Like when yeah. the, the radio call that mm-hmm. comes in on the boat initially, when they pull up to the boat, like oh, there's somebody up there, like um. You know, she finds the robe that the guy was shooting at them with from the balcony. It's like, oh, she's going to become that person. It just doesn't matter a when. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of fun to just sit there because it's not long enough for you to forget anything that happened. Before. It's definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. For you to realize, oh, this shit is all her and it's all happened this entire time. And I, I wonder if she's just insane this whole time. I can't tell you that I that I understood all of it mm-hmm. um, or that it, it, it makes a lot of sense at the end for me. But um I definitely enjoyed uh, the process of watching it. 
I would say, yeah, the for the first twenty minutes or so before the thing the happens, happens. The, yeah, I was like, if this wasn't on Shutter, I'd be expecting like this is like a lighthearted romantic drama yeah. that's shaping up here, <laughs> and they're gonna have some, you know. Fun interactions between the, maybe it's the love triangle with the two ladies and the dude who's piloting the <laughs> ship, and then it's like, no, but this is on shutter. Something messed up is about to happen, and then it immediately goes right into complete messed up territory. Uh, they get onto that ship, and outside of the one lady shouting Heather about three thousand times, um, that was rough. I, I was I was drawn immediately into their predicament, which uh, which was really cool. The I, the, the crux the, the, the crux the uh, the twist where she you find out she's a shithead and she's like smacking her kid around and then she bludgeons herself yeah. to death. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like that was a nice little twist. I thought it is wild because I was watching it. And as soon as we saw her encounter herself or I, I kind of picked up on it when she was talking to, you know, the, the, the hooded figure that she was fighting the first time around that it's like, Oh, she's, it sounds like a lady. Maybe, Oh, maybe that's her. And then when we saw that it was a time loop, but then something different happened. I said, so there are three of her on this ship. So like maybe there's and maybe that's the triangle part is that it it yeah. felt like at any given point in time, there were three of any of the people. The thing that got me the most first was the lockets. OK, the, oh, when, when she the... saw the pile of lockets underneath the floor, I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. We've yeah. been here before. But what really got me. Pile was of pile of Sally's. Yeah. Oh, the pile of she rounded the corner and was like, "Oh, isn't this? <laughs> like oh fuck?" Imagine dude. encountering a big pile of your own yourself. You just, yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to die here. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess this is the end of the line for me. And some of them don't make it to that pile, and some of them die in the theater or get thrown overboard. So that's like they, they, that was the wrinkle that kept me invested. Is that it wasn't just oh she's going to have this fight again and is trying to figure out a way out of it. It's like oh. Oh, she is doing something different already. Oh no, she's just screwed. Like, yeah. So that was kind of wild. And then to come all the way back around where we spend, you know, a, a, the last twenty minutes where she, you think she's back, and then she kills herself, and now she's going to assume that person's life, and then oh no, no, we kill a bird, and there's a billion giant, giant birds. pile of birds. Oh man, I I love it. I mean, this is. This is right up my alley because it is not a happy ending. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. Remember at the very good, beginning good, good. when they're like, when Liam Hems was like, she doesn't look good, and it's like because it that's the final stage. Yeah, like she's already been through all of this. I can't even imagine she was able to put together a conversation. After and that. she's doing it again because this is her chance to make it right again. Yeah. it's just. And it's, then I think it's like implied that like she falls asleep and then kind of forgets what's going on. Yes. Oh, in the yeah. boat, like in the hull of the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I think is like, I think they try to put like, oh, she hit her head in the car crash, and then she falls asleep, and then she forgets. But then she has the deja vu, and that's why that's why she'll never get out is because she never makes it to the cruise ship where she understands what's going on. She has to relearn and it I, every time. And I think that was what was kind of messing with me at one point. I said, "Why? How did she forget if she's in this loop?" It's like, well, because of. Because then the movie can happen. Right. Yeah, so just, I mean, yeah. you can't you can't torture yourself too much. Yeah, or you're just gonna you're gonna explode or just hate, end up hating the movie. And I think this movie's very good. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that we we pulled this one up because yeah, it's it's kind of under the radar. It's uh, come. I mean, I never fucking heard of it. I've never seen it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it can admittedly it can be a bit of a dice roll when you just pick a random movie on Shutter. I mean, sometimes you're really well rewarded, and sometimes you 
you've wasted you wonder an hour where your and 20 minutes, minutes goes. It's, yeah. it's, sometimes it's fucking tragic yeah it's it, it, it is tough but this one i i think is is really solid and uh, i love that it's there are send-ups of a lot of uh horror movies in this too i don't know if this was this guy's first or, or early in his career but the the room t- 237 is a fun touch the room oh, yeah. the room where there's blood on the mirror that's room two, 237 right. which is fun uh, i think the wallpaper looks a little outlook-esque as well and then um well, when, just the long shots of the yeah, hallways yeah exactly yeah. well and, and when she's running around below deck when she's like run, it's you know it's it's low ceilings and the camera that's like a steady cam so the camera is moving backwards as she's running toward it and it's kind of low low on the ground pointing up at her it looks just like alien when they're running around the ship mm. you know, with the low ceilings kind of ducking through the manholes and stuff like that so there's clearly a lot of nods to some classic horror in here as well which i i really appreciate yeah, um, I wonder where the boat came from. Like, I kind of spent some time that's thinking a, about that. That's a great question. Like, is it the Bermuda Triangle? I mean, that would explain the weird weather phenomenon and the time loop. Like, it would explain all of that. But, but they were supposedly just off the coast of Florida. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So. yeah. It wouldn't. I mean, it's but that's what it's, it's kind of an interesting title name with boats involved with it. It's like they feel like that's sleight yeah. of hand from the jump. And there's like a whole like purgatory thing going on because like you you. She talks to death at the end of the movie, right? Like that guy in the taxi. The cab driver. He's like, you know, the the. Um, I'll keep the meter running. Yeah, yeah. like the yeah. ferry, the ferryman, you know. Yeah. And so uh, I, I, and I, I appreciated that, and it was never too like sinister well, actually, or like in your face. I would have gone at that point. She's like, I'll just go with you. You know, I got to get out of yeah. this somehow. Like this, this. I mean, the second she saw that big pile of birds, it's like I'm going with crazy yeah. cabbie from Scrooged. It's <laughs> gonna fucking go back to Jersey. It's a bone, you lucky dog. <laughs> what do you think, Jim Daddy? It was it was very confusing. Too much for the sweet daddy. I wouldn't go as far as to say too much because I had a really good time with it. When you start seeing what's happening, and that scene with crawling to a surrounding of your dead corpses, that's rough. Why wouldn't you just go the other way <laughs> if, if there was another way option? But I wouldn't continue crawling. Through what looked like a whole bunch of dead or jump knees. off the boat. I mean, it's Some, yeah. Wasn't she shot pretty good though? She was. Yeah, yeah she, she was, was bleeding out. Shot. Yeah, you can't jump into the water if you're gut. Well, I mean, she was dead anyway. She probably knew that at that point. Um, it, it, the gamble that you're talking about with Shutter. I, I watched a movie the other night. It's it's new. I think it's called From Black, and it's about this. Uh, it's about this mom whose kid dies, and she wants to bring the kid back, and mm-hmm. she's going to like attic meetings and. This guy says, I know how to bring your kid back. And uh, long short of it, he's grooming her to fucking dump a demon off on her. Oh. Which, which sounds interesting, nice. but it is a fucking slog. Oh. And it is not fun. And I, it was fun to watch this movie because it was fun. And then it was also interesting. And it's also like, oh, this is... I wouldn't have never found this. Like, this yeah. isn't anything I would have stumbled across if I'd have a subscription to the service. I think one of the things I enjoyed about it was the juxtaposition between the subject matter and the lighting. Because okay. there was so much bright. Yeah. Like, there was Ocean, so much bright sunlight. sunlight and the, uh, unless you were in the depths of the ship or even you know in the theater or whatever, like once you got outside, it was very bright. It was very sunny. It was almost cheerful except for the horrific everything that was going on. So that was kind of a nice little mix up there. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, that's kind of whenever they, I don't want to say it's cheap because it's not, but whenever a horror movie can be, is this a horror movie, by the way? I would, I would call it that. Yeah. It's a thriller. Okay. thriller. There's, a mind enough, bender. there's enough of like slasher shit going on. Yeah. In it. 
Well, one of the reasons why I think Midsummer is as disturbing as it is is like what? It's like in broad fucking daylight yeah. with like flowers and like dresses and everything everywhere. It's like, wait a minute. It's kind of like The Wicker Man. Yeah, it's a fucked up movie. The original Wicker Man. I don't, yeah. I, I don't know the about bees. the Nicolas Cage bees. one. Yeah, the bees. That that original Wicker Man is an incredible movie. Yeah. Who's the original Wicker Man? Uh, uh, Edward Woodward. Christopher Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why, yeah. Well, who's Edward Woodward? He's the cop. Oh, okay. He's in the Nicolas Cage yeah, role, yeah, and yeah. Christopher, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Christopher Lee is Lord Summer Isle. Yeah. So. He likes playing lords, doesn't he? <laughs> like tall, deep voiced evil guy. That that movie, like you, you, you know, you talk about, especially now, it's so sensationalized. Like the crazy shit that Nolan will do, where oh, I'm filling, I'm buying all these tanks of water to fill this room up. I love or I'm, that. I'm actually overturning an eighteen wheeler. They or I'm setting actually, off a nuclear weapon. <laughs> no shit. They actually like the, the the final shot of that movie is they actually built this thing and they burned it down right as the sun was setting and they had to time it exactly right or they were not going to get the, the horizon and the burning yeah. figure at the same time and that's like a it's there like is a no once, take two yeah, it, yeah. It, it's like a once in a lifetime shot and uh i always think of that whenever people are talking about like nolan doing these things i'm like that's like the earliest you know version of that that i can think of not triangle though no not, no. Triangle. <laughs> not triangle sorry I, I really like the wicker man a little confused <laughs> um i'm gonna give the movie I don't want to go too crazy, but um, actually, don't you go first too? Let me think about it a little bit more. I give it a four. Did you? I dude, I like movies that keep me guessing. I, I like the unknown and trying to figure it out, um, and whether I get it right or not. When the majority of the movie is, you know, a mystery, or at least, or now we know what's going on, but now I have no idea where this is going mm-hmm, to go. Right. Especially when she gets off the boat. Like I think we spend just enough time on the boat. And uh, getting off in the last twenty to twenty-five minutes or so, I, I think is a very good decision. So I I really dig it. And it's yeah, the nods to the um, the rhyme of the ancient mariner is cool. Uh, I don't find anyone in it too grating or irritating, which yeah. I think in, in in indie horror movies like this is very easy to do. It's usually a shit character because yeah, people don't know how to direct <laughs> actors or your actors don't know how to act. Right, right. But it's uh, it's solid. And uh, while it's available on Shutter, or I think it's also on Peacock. People should definitely check it out. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't. Th- I'm not as bullish on it as uh, as Dottie is. I kind of. I think I'm le- leveling in at a three, um, and it's not. I enjoyed it. Um, I think once I figured out that it was a time loop, I almost wanted them to cut to the chase, and maybe that's just that. That's an expectation on my part. So I'm bringing that baggage to my review, probably, uh, which might not be fair to the movie, but. I think overall what was there was fine. Uh, it was an enjoyable thing. The high spots were high. The the Seeing the piles of things to let you know that this has been attempted many times, I really feel like that that drove home the gravity of the situation to me. But I don't know if I can go above a three. Um, and I don't mean this as a slight. If you're into this sort of movie, you should definitely check it out. But I don't think I could recommend this to a wide swath of people. Jimmy? I went with a three and a half. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, the confusion was fine, and it, but it gives you hope, though, because she winds up on that what looks like an island, and you think, oh, great, how are you going to get off an island? But then the road is right there, so it's like, oh, cool, you could hitchhike back home. <laughs> and it just gives you that moment of hope, but then you see how it turns out. We're, <laughs> not, we're not getting out of this loop, though. It, but it, it, the, the guessing game and the twists and turns, it was good. I would recommend it to people. Do you think you would have given it a four if somebody would have said you look like the type of motherfucker that would fart in a bathtub and turn around and bite the bubble? <laughs> well, definitely, or yeah. if there were naked yoga chicks. There was a terrible fucking uh, <laughs> line in um, 
what was it? And oh, it was uh, and you two motherfuckers are like watching a chicken fuck a football. God right? damn it, dude! No, I, have that, thunder, I, yeah. I have that written down, <laughs> yeah, and I wrote, yeah, yeah. "Did Jester like this line?" <laughs> I knew he did. God fucking did. As soon as I heard it, like I was like, "Oh, oh Jimmy's gonna be probably still laughing <laughs> did, about did that." Did Jester line. like the line about looking like a monkey fucking a football? A hundred percent chance. Hundred percent chance he did. I knew it. Um, I'm gonna give it a four. I um. I really liked it, and I, it's really a movie that I want people to watch, and I, I do like time loop movies. It's frustrating. The, the, the time loop movies are like sharks for me. I'm scared of sharks, but because I'm scared of them, I'm really interested in them, and this is, uh, this is about as terrifying a thing as I think you could like. It just feels so helpless, and it also combines that no one believes you. I hate yeah. the bit where no one believes yeah. you, and uh, there's something horrifying about it that is also very intriguing to me. So it it scratches a lot of um, you know places uh, places where I itch. So yeah, I feel comfortable giving it a four, which is weird considering I've given better movies fours as well. But um, I really hope people check this movie out. Well, I mean, I think there's a we use a scale, and and you know it can vary based on the type of movie that you're watching. I try just, to avoid yeah. scale. Like if you if you like it, <laughs> yeah. If you like it, you like it. Like uh, who cares, man? Um, I, I I if you Enjoy this type of like time loop thriller horror movie. There's a movie called Time Crimes from a little bit beforehand. I think it's it's in Spanish. A little on the nose. But the uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is. But <laughs> also really good and kind of kind of like this. And, and there's there's time travel. There's looping. There's people. Your twists and turns of realizing oh this person's actually this person and all of that. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you is like it subtitles. Yeah, it's in Spanish. Of course. You think you'll ever watch a normal movie? Is that in the is that in the arsenal for you? We 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 can all watch movies with subtitles. Black we're, and white, we're, we're interpretive all, dance. We're, we're all adults here. Interpretive dance. <laughs> I yeah, mean, I the next movie we're going to talk about is very much normal movie. Oh, it is about as normal as it gets. Um, I would say that subtitles are fine. It just doesn't surprise me that a lot of the movies you enjoy. It's a whole whole world out there. There certainly is, and I like to seal myself off from it. <laughs> Xenophobia. <laughs> My name is the Shooter. All right, boys. Uh, it's been an hour. You want to piss real quick, and then Please. we'll come back and we'll do uh, Days of Thunder. I actually had a couple of um, couple of stories. I know we don't like to get heavy into the uh, into the movie news the world of movie coverage uh, yeah really isn't a point but um, i did i found a couple that i thought we could follow up on cool Um, cool and then so uh, did we say we are you guys cool with watching the big sleep or no sure yeah absolutely um and we have goats movie which is the the the, the sisu sisu um which i believe is the name of milia lokovic's character in uh fifth element (laughs) sisu sisu dallas and did you want to watch the crazy spanish movie you just mentioned Time crimes. Yeah, it's very similar to Triangle. Oh, maybe next. Put yeah, it. Make yeah, a note. Uh, we we should we should bank it because I think that we'll table it for next time. We still got being, Snake yeah, Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh fuck true. all, man! I'd love to watch Snake <laughs> Eyes. Still got Snake Eyes and Moonfall on the. Uh... Well, Moonfall. If we're gonna watch big dumb movies every time, I mean, but Moonfall is. I mean. <laughs> oh no! I'm bigger kinda, and dumber than I, you. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how the moon falls. But I think go. You haven't seen Snake Eyes. I have right? not seen. I haven't Snake seen Eyes. it in Neither a decade. Oh, you haven't seen it either. No. Let's watch Snake Eyes. All right. Big, big De Palma blind spot. Nicholas Cage, Atlantic City, crazy fucking gambling, crazy coked out Nick Cage, and back before like he was doing it ironically. Back when it was just this. <laughs> this is yeah. the way I act. <laughs> um, all right, let's go piss. Are we ready to piss? Right on. All right, very good. I'm gonna hit the thing.
That's better. I needed that. Yeah. Bathroom breaks kick ass. All right, Jim. This is the first and last time I'm ever going to say this. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. The Orioles are 58 and 37. They are in first place in the AL East. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> so exciting. You don't like baseball, Dottie? Oh, I, I just I like the Rays. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess who they're tied in first place with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't the Yankees start out playing well? They did, yeah. And somehow they stooped down to last place, I think, in the AL East. Judge out. That doesn't help. Yeah, injuries. Yeah. yeah. If I could have made the impact in Washington, D.C. that I made in Baltimore. I was on the radio in Baltimore for like maybe six months. Mm-hmm. And my whole fucking feed is just filled with people from Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> losing their shit. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like, no. I'm on the radio for 17 years in D.C. Nobody cares. Um, anyway. Uh, to uh, that was the piss break. Thank you guys for sitting through that. If you're watching live on Facebook, thank you to Kevin Smith for bringing a sack of McDoubles, which I've forbidden, and then ate one. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a fine tradition, and I support it wholeheartedly. Thank you. If anybody's coming up in the near future, we could use a bag of greenies for large dogs. Poor Rips uh, is out of treats up here. She's not allowed oh, to. Have, no. Well, she's not allowed to have greenies at home because you know I'm sure they're just all chemicals. But um, I like to be bad dad when we're up here, and I let her have a greenie. That's why she's so excited to come up here. So I had to give her, of course, a piece of cheeseburger, which I'm sure will go over. Oh well. God! <laughs> yep, we got about t minus forty minutes yeah, before we about to save the fuck up out of here. Get home soon. Yeah. You know, I actually got uh, I think more than one Instagram message in the last two weeks saying, uh, "Hey, I really like the Fortress Film Society." Wow, I appreciate you. Guys. Two That's more than cool. I've gotten. I know. So I think we're at with Kevin Smith. We're at like three. Yeah, well, all a, right. He's our audience. Yeah. Um, I th- Oathman went out of his way to tell me he doesn't listen to this yeah, show. That, yeah, uh, I think he, we, were, we were doing a show with him when he said that. Yeah, that was really weird, by the way. Yeah. It's good to know. Has yeah. all my logins for all those streaming services. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was like Mr. Fucking Horror Movie now. He's the one that's like, he's messaging me movies to <laughs> well, watch. Well, here's the thing is, so I, I see hit like the recently watched whenever I log in a show. Yeah. It's just 30 minutes of this. 45 minutes of that. Right. I don't think he finishes any of oh, it. No. Like, dude, it's like the sodas. It's like the Diet Cokes. Yeah, like, he, he doesn't actually finish. finish it. The only thing he can... Just gently massages yeah. the movie. <laughs> the, the burritos. Squeezes the burritos. Yeah, he can just... The only thing he can finish off is any chance he had of the entertainment industry. Oh. Oh. Hi-oh. Uh, did, you see on, the, did you see the picture of him sitting in the tiny chair? Oh, yeah. So My happy, favorite thing. It's, I don't like... How do, you, how do you not take that camera and soak it in bleach? I have no idea. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, we'll do a little couple of headlines, but before that, uh, very excited. I forgot what uh, what brought the Days of Thunder bit about. Uh, I don't even remember. I think had never seen Dottie it. Never I had never seen, it. seen oh, it, and I think that we had a headline about the potential of them oh, redoing that's what it was. this with the if same team that, Jim, that did Maverick. It. Yeah, it looks like it's all hearsay. Uh, apparently, there was a pissing contest between Tom Cruise and Paramount because Paramount wanted to do a series, and he rejected that idea. But now people are thinking that he rejected it because there's a movie idea in the works. That's a stretch. Um, I don't think he's, he's not a TV guy. Why no, would, why no would he sure. ever do a series? Yeah, he loves movies. I mean, does anyone love movies more than fucking Tom Cruise? That's all he talks about. Imagine. It's hard to imagine that video yeah. of him with the big bucket the popcorn. of popcorn. Yeah, oh. he's trying to broker a deal between like the actors' unions and Hollywood. Like he's in the middle of all of it. Um, so, Days of Thunder, nineteen ninety, which is really 
If you go back and watch Scarface, you'd swear that's 1977. Mm-hmm. I, you can't believe it's yeah. the 80s. And I feel like this movie kind of dovetails into that. It felt very close to the 80s when this came out. Uh, it's an hour and 47 minutes. I was shocked at the Rotten Tomatoes. 37% from the critics, which there's a big Confederate flag two seconds into this fucking movie. That might be a little bit of revisionist history. But 60% from the audience, 100,000 reviews. That is incredibly disappointing considering, I mean, this this movie is just fan service before we knew what that was and before it was an IP to deliver fan service. Um, I don't even like NASCAR. And I, I fucking love this movie. Um, it's very Tom Cruise-y from the moment he arrives oh, on the motorcycle yeah. stoically. <laughs> um, I, the, the Duvall's there, and there's a bunch of great back and forth. I love that Duvall keeps insisting on getting physical with Tom Cruise <laughs> in this movie. Um, the bad guys, like Michael Rooker is just Michael Rooker's the fuck out of this role. This is a, you don't understand, man. Like every movie he's oh, yeah. ever in. Um, and if you want to establish yourself as a heel in yeah. a movie about car racing, uh, run Richard Petty off the track two minutes into the movie. You are immediately <laughs> awesome. the bad guy. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like with Brock Lesnar, F5 Hulk Hogan ten You're times like, hey, hey, his hey, blood hey, on his hey. chest. <laughs> it's fantastic. I guess this man is the asshole. <laughs> they introduced the uh, the villain of the movie with about 20 minutes left to no go. No kidding. Which is crazy. I guess the villain could be brain hemorrhaging. That's that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I fucking, Modern medicine is yeah. the villain in this one, I think. Corporate yeah. greed. If you know Ooh. anything about NASCAR, <laughs> this movie has to be so insulting. It's like, I'm going to draft him, and here's a 20-minute explanation as to how that works. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, I'm going to say, I'm going to draft him, and then I'm not. I'm going to try to drive around him. <laughs> um, it has to be as frustrating as watching any given Sunday as if you're a really big football fan, but that doesn't matter. Um, I love this movie. It's, it's so much fun. It's so hilarious. And... Uh, there's there's nothing in it that bums me out. Even the fact that Michael Rooker can't drive anymore, it's like a great plot device to get uh, Cole Trickle back into uh, the names are all perfect, by the way. <laughs> uh, get him back into the uh, into the cockpit there. Uh, I love Duvall's character. There, it's basically a who's who in the '90s of people that are in movies. And again, as we said, it's Tony Scott, it's Bruckheimer, and it's uh, Tom Cruise. Those two guys know how to make Tom Cruise. The, the scene where he has the revelation where he's like, I don't know anything about cars. I love that. I love that <laughs> scene. It was like this. And this is what I, I watch a lot of these videos that shit on Marvel. And the big problem they have with the way a lot of these. Thank you for subscribing, by the way. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, but they have problems with the way that the, the female characters are written. Where they're like, in Captain Marvel, Brie Larson is already super strong, overcomes everything, needs to be taught nothing, and then on top of it becomes even more powerful. It's like, there's no struggle. There's no, we've got to go to the lowest lows to get to the Mm -hmm. highest highs, and that's why some people think they're not written as well. You know, there's moments in this where Tom Cruise is just all fucked up. Like, he starts as this, you know, look at this guy. He's got a better, he's got a better lap time than the champ, the Winston Cup champ. But it's like he goes through a whole bunch of shit learning to uh, uh, you know acclimate himself to this um the nascar world and i think they do a good job of giving a lot of dummy speak to people that don't care about racing because nascar in 1990 was pretty big but it's not fighter jets you right. know right everybody that, loves fighter the jets. universal appeal yeah and the- that is the biggest thing working against against this movie i think and i i think the the criticism of oh it's top gun with cars and that's why it's bad i think that sucks that's that's a shitty take but it is you are you know you've got headwinds um, when you you were coming off of a movie about yeah Navy fighter pilots and now we're doing 
Now we're doing race car drivers. And the <laughs> scene where they drag him out of the car cockpit yeah. of the car is exactly like the end of yeah, Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he you know, demonstrates uh, his, the importance of this lifestyle to his love interest by taking her on a high-speed <laughs> motorcycle ride. You know, there's no uh, there's no naked volleyball game. But No, uh, I would like to see that with Duvall and, and John C. Riley. What's and, that replaced <laughs> by the, the, the stripper grabbing his dick? <laughs> <laughs> that was, I, I gotta be honest, I, I was... It's not as chauvinistic as I could be. I was a little uncomfortable. uncomfortable That's yeah. I'm like, so is she a hooker or is she just a regular woman? <laughs> and her whole role in this is, I thought that you might like me. It's like, well, yeah, who's not going to like you, lady? Like, that was a very odd scene. And, and I think one of the other differences is, uh, like, like you said, that scene where he admits he doesn't know anything about cars, like he comes in and is immediately put in his place yeah. in this new world as opposed to just walking right in you know he comes in a little brash but then he's taken down a peg or two and as opposed to just being like oh we know that guy he's the best they just won't let him be the best because uh, he's gonna do all these tricks but when he you know like oh i watch it on espn their coverage is yeah. fantastic i know so much about the sport it's like oh oh but isn't it that that scene is after he has the blowout in front of randy quaid right like he gets into that this old man won't let me do what i want to do and it's like i can't talk to him like yeah. don't they have that come to jesus after That's in the bar that, afterward, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Fred Thompson is in this movie also, who I, yeah. I love. He is, he's my favorite character in The Hunt for Red October. It is interesting seeing him show up in yeah. things. You know, he spins from, around yeah. in the chair. You better show up to dinner with me, boy. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> the fact they rent the cars and they're just smashing into oh each other on the fucking road on the way down. To it's kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't know. There's so much happy stuff. I love the colors. I love the Hardy's car. I've always loved the Hardy's car that uh, that the Dread Pirate Wesley is driving at the end of the, <laughs> the movie. When they change the sponsors, it's very NASCAR-y because the sponsorships are such a big part of that whole sport and the commercialism. How about such a young John C. Riley showing yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was I thought that was great. He's a terrible actor sometimes, and sometimes he's a really really good actor. He's, it, he he it's he's got to work with the right director. I was about to yeah. say I think it's like, the material he's got Paul, too. Paul like, Thomas Anderson knows how to get performances out of that guy. And, and there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot for him to do in this one sure. except be goofy. Like he was just sort of there yeah. like as the as like the the weird sidekick that you're wondering, will he amount to something in this movie? No, he's just there. He's just there as a, an extra wheel. It is true, but I did like that by the end of it, we kind of figure out why Robert Duvall is hesitant and mm -hmm. why Tom Cruise is hesitant, and it all kind of makes sense. And it's all kind of like um, involved in them looking out for their fellow man, even though they're like they have these gruff exteriors the only character i really thought was very 2d was was michael rooker's character when he goes nobody in my family goes to see the doctor unless we're dying it's like well she told you you have a brain hemorrhage <laughs> you already yeah. saw the doctor sir <laughs> like i can't suspend disbelief like you're, you're having trouble remembering things you have kids like you're fucking in this big house like just what not going to the doctor <laughs> i did like him threatening him with a baseball bat to beat him to death if he didn't yeah do you want down. to take care of your brain right now let's take care of it yeah um it's going to be difficult for me to be objective. And the Hans Zimmer is just, just he just knows. I, I'm sure I'm not, I can't be the only one. But, like, he just, for whatever reason in me, he knows what music to play when to get me fucking happy crying. <laughs> he can make me yeah. happy cry about everything. Um, and there you get about a minute into the theme song for this movie, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, this is fucking <laughs> the shit. This is the shit. Well, because he has a very signature style, at yeah. certainly at that point in time, yeah. was the super synth heavy, like well, entirely synth based. Yeah. Uh, and it, but it worked in this movie. There were a couple spots where I just it, it stood out 
for the right reasons. It wasn't like, oh, this doesn't feel like it fits the scene. It just, it all kind of blended together. I will, full disclosure, I'd never seen this movie either. Really? Yeah, I had avoided it for some reason. Is that one reason. of the reasons why we watched it? I think that might have been the, the final clincher as far as adding it to the okay. list. Because, yeah, I don't recall why or what it was that Maybe kept me away NASCAR. from it. Maybe because it was NASCAR. It's just, yeah. I think it was a time. I think that's yeah. the biggest reason I never got to is I was like, NASCAR movie, maybe one day, you know? Yeah, I don't like, I mean, I don't like, I didn't watch it when it came out. Like, it wasn't something I oh, watched really? growing up. No, okay. I watched it as an adult. Um, and I liked it when I, for a long time in my life, I liked it more than Top Gun because I, I thought it was more really? fun. Yeah. I think it's more fun. There's there's a bunch of sad shit that happens in Top Gun, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a, we avoid it's a, a coroner's a, office throughout this entire yeah. motion picture. <laughs> well, so. that's what I kept waiting for. I was like, who's gonna get it? Yeah, right? they figured out a way. Like they had horrible accidents and there's, there's severe consequences, but nobody dies. I'm depressed enough. Like I don't like getting pushed over the edge by movies. I like being happy watching mm-hmm. movies. I know you hate that. <laughs> that's just something that I enjoy. So that's why I, I'm a big fan of this. I've got enough happiness in my life. <laughs> yeah, you're just fucking bathing it <laughs> all day long. Stroking um, happiness and I. I really liked the when it was race time it was like the film was grainy and it yeah. was sunny and it you felt like sweaty when you're in you know like you're riding along and then the more somber scenes were you know cooler colors the composition was different enough you it's had Tony like, Scott man yeah but I mean like you don't He's always get that in a movie like that yeah. so you know sometimes it's just you know the pedals down the entire time and so to speak and it's just that kind of have playing the ballad in your set at a rock show. You give everybody a chance to calm down and get ready for the next big moment. Like it was never so long that you got impatient waiting for the next race or the next action scene or anything like that to happen. But it was a really well paced movie. And the, the one of the things I really appreciate about this movie, Goat, is it, I call it the uh, the Last Crusade syndrome, where there is a scene in, in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where um, Henry Jones Senior mm-hmm. is manning the machine gun in the in the plane. And he whips it around and he blows the fucking the the fin yeah. off of the plane they're in. And he goes, "More last son, I'm sorry they got us." It's a really funny scene. <laughs> but then they immediately take a fucking. They cut back to B-roll of this plane, and it's perfectly fine the because continuity. they're just filming yeah. the plane. And it's like I see that all the time. I see that in Fast and the Furious movies where there's a car that's all fucked up. And then a minute later, it, they clearly had some to footage. Jump something. Yeah, they never do that in this movie. That Cole Trickle's fucking car gets so fucked up immediately, and then it's it just spit everywhere. It's like that the whole the whole race. And like I like that part too. That a component of it is, hey man, it doesn't matter how fast you are. You keep fucking the shit up here. Yeah, you know, and we don't have endless supplies. So I I appreciated the continuity there as well because especially in car movies. They whiff on that a lot. Oh, a lot. I remember that being a huge pet peeve of my dad's. I mean, oh, any like he couldn't watch the Dukes of Hazard because <laughs> every time they made a jump, he would be like, "That car is dead." The frame would have cur- <laughs> collapsed in on itself as soon as they made it across the chasm. That he he hated the A team because it's like you can't just bolt four pieces of sheet metal to a van and have it be a tank. God damn it! Like, and he would vocally make he'd walk in on us watching and be like, "Oh, let me guess, they're just gonna jump over some gorge and be just fine." Yeah. With it's like yeah, I was like, "All right, I'm I'm five. Let me call you some words we can't <laughs> use anymore, like, little goat." I'm like shut up, Dad. Like, yeah, but you know, as, I just want to watch Starsky and Hutch. As, as time went by, like that's in one of the Fast and Furious movies, especially the latest one. There are some physics-defying things and car-defying things, so those do stand out. I appreciate it when a movie grounds itself in realism. Like, this car can't move anymore, unless it's a comedy. 
They can get away with anything. Hang on. Is this why you DVR every episode of old television to watch as a, a grown man now so that you can watch oh, it? You can watch no, it without. No, no. Yeah. We had. As soon as I got my own television, <laughs> we were, yeah, we were like, I've, I've, there's a TV in my room. I'm watching what I want. A lot of yeah. people, if they were given the ability to travel somewhere in time for one day, like that's what the Indiana Jones movie was about, I, yeah. I take it. They would go back and kill Hitler or they would go back and have old peace or something. Uh-huh. I would go back to the moment. Where Loud Goat got his own television. Oh for my the first god! Time. <laughs> because I'll never know true happiness. Yeah, but I want to see it. <laughs> oh man, when I could watch an entire episode of Gilligan's Island before my dad got home from work and made us change the channel. Oh, it was such a glorious day. But I'm talking about whenever you were 18, or maybe you got. I don't know if you got it before then. It's like you went out and you bought a 17 inch oh, TV. Yeah, and it was just your TV. Oh my god, it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That would be that, that's a moment I would like to, joy. I would like to go back and relive that Man. myself. Yeah, <laughs> the first time Jim inserted his penis into a woman and it injected a load. Like if oh, I could go man. back and watch that, it's the only thing he wants to do in his life. <laughs> Um, what do you think, Tube? You hadn't seen the movie. It's awesome, man, and 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 it it had a lot going for it before I even started it, right? Because Tom Cruise, Tony Scott—that's pretty much all I need to know for a recipe for success. Sure, it doesn't have the juice that the Top Gun does, but I mean, like. Like once again, we're we're comparing it to a movie where they're filming real fighter jets in the eighties. Yeah, that shit just wasn't. They're just filming wasn't, real. They're filming real stock cars yeah, in this one. Yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. And and when there's a car crash, it's amazing. I think the sound is great in this movie. Yeah. It, I, I what I was worried about going in is we've got drivers talking into their headsets while we're also mixing, you know, the sounds of a racetrack mm-hmm. in. And just because of the time, you know, the the the, the um the year that it was made, I'm like, oh, what if it's hard to understand, or what if this, you know, this this transfer, whatever I watched on Paramount Plus, doesn't have good mixing or whatever. I thought it sounded great, and that's yeah. important. That's really important in a movie like this. And I should have known better because Top Gun sounds amazing, it really does for when it was made and and what they're doing on that set. So it yeah, it works. Is it is it the best Tom Cruise movie? No, I could I could pick many other Tom Cruise movies that I like more. I think Oblivion is a better movie. Yeah, I mean, Tony Scott, I I could pick probably 10 Tony Scott movies that I like more, but this is a great one to just, I'm just happy this exists, right? And this this would be so easy to revisit. So sure, it's not as high as the others, but it's it's a really good time, and, and you should watch it if you like, I think it's just, you, you like Hollywood movies. Like, that's what this is. It's just, it's the essence of Hollywood. Um, True Romance, Last Boy Scout, Crimson Tide, uh, Man on Fire, Enemy of the State, The Fan, Top Gun. I mean, you go Ma- ahead and fucking say Ridley Scott has given you more joy in your life than Tony Scott has. Those I are all really I, good movies. I can't say that. <laughs> Dude, if... It His sucks. bombs are... Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3, the remake... It's a shitload of fun. Yeah, it, it is unstoppable. Good movie. Have you with, seen Deja uh, Vu? Yeah, Deja Vu. I think, with a headset on. I think pretty good movie. Great fucking movie. Yeah, I. It, it sucks too because like he died. You know, tragic circumstances. Yeah. I think he jumped off of a bridge, but I thought it was off a building. But you, whatever it is, I mean, it was it, it was be. it was very unfortunate, and it was like over ten years ago. Like he's just an example of he's making these movies that are in their own pocket. They're not franchise tagged. He had his regular, you know, his regular actors. He was a big Tom Cruise guy. He was a big Denzel guy. Yeah, and he was—I think he was a big Travolta guy too. That's so, a solid arsenal to work with. Well, yeah, exactly. Eddie, Eddie Murphy guy. And and I just I wish mean, that wait, wait, way to fucking get the best at all yeah. these. Yeah, guys. yeah exactly. And, and if we had him around still, he'd be making movies like this. And and that's what we've gotten away from is we just don't have these one-off. Yeah, it's a it's an R-rated action movie. 
or it's a, yeah, it's about race car drivers or whatever the fuck it would be about now. Yeah. We we just don't have that as much and he was one of the best to do it. Imagine directing Days of Thunder and then jumping off a fucking bridge. Like what I mean that if that doesn't let you know well, that it has nothing tragic, to do man. with success. Yeah. I mean, opulence. Yeah, we've joked about, you know, well, this is as good as it's going to get, so yeah. I might as well call it a day. But, yeah, there's definitely more to it than that. Uh, 12.35 p.m., so right after lunch, uh, jumped off the Vincent Thomas Bridge spanning Christ. San Pedro and Terminal Island in the Los Angeles Harbor. It's fucking terrible. Dive team pulled his body out of the fucking water. Yeah, that's awful. And, dude, like, God bless, like, whether you like what he's putting out or not, like, Ridley Scott, he's still working, you know, he, whatever he had to deal with, that's his brother, dude. Sure. And, yeah. like... Uh, he's still putting out movies and working in that same industry, and um, that's it's terrible. But I, I do think that he was he he was really special, and I think all of his movies are worth watching, whether they're you know good or bad. On if you're you know just using a chart to figure that out, Domino is pretty bad. I don't know if you've yeah, seen that. Yeah, that one's tough. Pretty bad. But that was him. Yeah, uh, Ridley Scott, by the way, Alien Blade Runner legend. We all know that. But if you kind of go get closer to now, there are some snoozers. Yeah, I feel like you've mentioned that. I, yeah, we've I, ru- I feel like you've run down that list a couple yeah. times. Did you guys see Just, the Napoleon trailer? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see that. I yeah. like the the big epic stuff. Like, that's what I, I didn't see the, um, the, the last the, duel, the rape movie. The fan that of radio did, rape movie. I know. I <laughs> Alien Covenant's horrific. Uh, Exodus, Gods, Bad. and Kings. Uh, oh, Prometheus. God, I forgot he did that. Prometheus is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. But he did do Body of Lies, American Gangster, and Kingdom of Heaven. And those all fucking yeah, kick ass. D- his, his 2000s run is really solid because he's also he's coming off of winning a bunch of shit for Gladiator. Yeah. So he's able to you know, work with that and, and make some real pa- – like, I know Kingdom of Heaven was a huge passion project of his. And a and bomb. It, huge bomb, but I loved it. But it's great, and that, that roadshow cut is, is – I really great. am glad we watched that. That yeah. was an, a very, very enjoyable movie. Yeah, that director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven. We don't talk enough about that. I think we watched that very early mm-hmm. on in this show's genesis. But, uh, yeah, go back and revisit that. I just don't think we have – we don't have a lot of people that are, are action – director action masters like there are people who are known for their action movies like michael bay might be getting back into the step of things with with like you know ambulance was good i, I like hope it. he makes more stuff like that yeah. and gets away from this franchise garbage it'll, it'll be hard for him to escape that shadow because he has become kind of a punchline yeah but i think you know what you do is you make movies that are better than the punchline but so. like I did he have anything to do with this transformers beast wars movie did he no. produce it or anything i don't think so I think he was, and, and 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 that could be why, for a lot of reasons, it's one of the better ones to come out in the last couple of years. I don't know; it can't be good. But it's, it's not. It, it's it did not really good. well overseas. It's not good, but it's better than the last. You saw couple. Beast Wars? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I I, I watched the cartoons. You got to start drinking again. I know. Um, <laughs> I've seen so many fucking movies. Jimmy, I sent you a commercial on your phone. I want you to play it, um, if you can, for uh, at least get the. Oh Jesus! Never mind. I that just, was exciting. Just the amount of half start flailing that was going on it's like which direction am i going in i don't know there's a character that does this <laughs> playing like a virtual set of bongos i, I want to say it's someone in army of darkness that fucking <laughs> he's like one of those wi- <laughs> like one of those witches that is- get an axe that's jim you gonna be all right to play that or no yeah i should be able to can you, you get into your I'll phone you type in the passcode is there an easier way for me nope. to send it to you, you other than ta- f- face unlock jim the movie Days of Thunder come the Thunder Racers from Hardee's. Only 99 cents each with any purchase. Collect all four. 
and collect Days of Thunder cups with any 32-ounce drink. Where are you? Days of They're cups. available for a limited time only. Capture the thunder at Hardee's. I believe that's my favorite commercial of our time. I believe that's Russ Wheeler that is that leaves the racetrack and goes through the drive-through at Hardee's to buy his own car and get his own giant plastic cup. Amazing. It's fantastic. I, I still have to. I got to remind me. I got to order those cars off of eBay. They're only like three bucks. I'm very excited. <laughs> All right, um, Jamie, you've seen Days of Thunder, though, right? I have. Yeah, that movie is. It's uh, it's very near and dear to me. I watched that a lot as a kid. I'm pretty sure that movie actually took me to NASCAR and became kind of a fan for a while because it was just a year, maybe two, after that movie that Jeff Gordon came on the scene and he was kind of like. He was my cold trickle, I guess, at that point, because he was that cocky young kid that was. He was like the gateway drug for a lot of people to get into NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't last a long, long time with NASCAR, but it was fun while it lasted. And and then they had the the ride at when when Kings Dominion became oh, yeah. Paramount's Kings Dominion. I loved that as a kid. Every time we went there, I mean, yeah, that movie was that movie was phenomenal. I loved it. It made twenty nine million dollars. Days of Thunder at eighty nine million dollars. Well, domestically, and then sixty million. How, how big was the global box office back then? Like, did we concern ourselves with that back in nineteen ninety? I mean, I certainly didn't know yes. about it, but that might that might have just been an age factor as well, because I certainly didn't pay much attention to the box office outside of you would have thought that days of thunder is one of the biggest movies of all time if you were live at that time it was fucking everywhere it was it was like barbie is right now hong kong (laughs) action had made its way over to the u.s in full force like john woo was putting out movies in in 1990 but as far as the box office take honestly i'm not sure yeah i feel like that was a kind of one of those things that only people in the studios like at the the c-suite cared about yeah um i definitely remember it being ubiquitous as far as tie-ins and advertising and i think that was it's uh, sometimes there's an axiom that if you see nothing but advertising for a movie it's kind of a lack of confidence on the studio's part and how well it's going to do that with the flash but yeah like Uh where they'll just tell you about it you'll see every promotion available for it just to try and get people out to the theater but i feel like this was one of those ones they might have just expected to be a big deal just because of the names attached to it and only being a few years after Top Gun. So. This is interesting. So it made $160 million total. So it made three okay. times its budget, which is profitable by any metric. The budget for the film, though, was $60 million. Top Gun was only $15 million. Is that fucking crazy? Wow. Was it subsidized by the government? I don't know, man. That's what it says right here. It says wow. Stroker Ace was $14 million. How just- about that? <laughs> How about that? Yeah, like- yeah. I'm seeing a theme, a theme with Jimmy. Car movies were big in the Jester household yeah. back in his... His formative years. Um, all right, very good. What did uh? Oh, we should grade it. I think it's a four. I think I think it's a it's a confident four. Uh, I I don't know if I would be able to go higher than that, like on a rewatch. But t- Top Gun is probably a four for me as well, but like a stronger four. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's really good. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll stick with four on this. Yeah, I'd say this is an easy three and a half for me. Um, I'd recommend it to anybody who enjoys hey, movies. Uh, yes, I, I hey, hated hey. it so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> flames on the side of my breathing, face. Breathing, breath, breath, heating. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. It's maybe it's because of the whole the the shadow of the Top Gun with cars. Like there was nothing for me to complain about in this movie. Sure. So contextually, maybe it's a three and a half to a Top Gun four. But I would say, yeah, three and a half is easy for me. I would say anybody who enjoys a movie about somebody finding their way in a new spot, enjoy it. I think this sure. would be a three and a half without Cruz, and it would be a three without Tony Scott. 
Okay. Like I think oh, they, sure. I think they, be, they, they well, both get I mean, a half star thrown in. Yeah, but it's 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 also Zimmer. It's also Bruckheimer. Sure. I mean, it's a fucking all star team that put this together. What'd you give it, Jim? I gave it a four. Uh, the one thing I really loved about this movie is you know, with like the movie we just previously talked with Triangle, like they show you the, the lighting gets different when you th- know that different things are happening. When he was running bad and still learning things, like every time he got out of the car, he always had schmutz all over his face. Yes. But when he was doing good and winning races, he was always so clean. I don't know why that irritated me as much as it did. <laughs> the schmutz? Please stop. I'm, I'm, just, I'm begging you to stop. Turt and grime. But it's a four. It's a great movie. Where did, you, where, where did you hear that word? I don't, I you don't heard know. Somebody, you heard somebody. Who in Baltimore said that word? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people. You want to go over here? We actually got a donation. Holy shit. Two hours into the show, I couldn't believe it. Is it a lot over there, Go? <laughs> that was soundboard's a little hot. It's <laughs> quite Sounded an good element. To me. I have no idea what's going on. Not good. You're sabotaging you this time. Thank God. Uh, Al Sal, thank you so much for the donation on ChadDukesShow.com. Greatly appreciate you. You are our sole donation for the evening. And for that, Jim Jester will pound a peach beer for ye. And Nino is here, so all is right with the world. I dabbled with some NASCAR back in the day. Again, fired it up. It's a little bit different than the good ship Grease. It kind of a... Hey, that boy! <laughs> See, I think if people could hear Nino early, they'd be more inspired to fucking to donate. Oh, a uh, quick plug. Goat mentioned um, Madeline Kahn, of course, is Mrs. White in the movie Clue. Indeed. How are you feeling? Jimmy. Really good. Thank you, Dal Sal. Um, Speaking of flames on the side of your face. <laughs> over at the shop, if you're coming by on Saturday. Hey, it's peachy over here. Yeah, God, gross. Come on, go. It's in the stomach. middle of a plug. Um, I put a plug up down Jim's fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're coming out on Saturday to the shop, I have copies of the soundtrack to Clue on vinyl. And this oh. is fun. I have one copy for each character <gasps> so there is purple professor plum there is blue mrs peacock there is white mrs white oh my god i believe there's even one for wadsworth those are hard to come by yeah it's exciting um i'm very very happy about it i ordered a whole set and so uh the whole tray you want, you want me to say if you want i mean Which one? there's a colonel mustard <laughs> like mean, who are you looking for let's talk after the show <laughs> right. maybe there'll be some copies left but if, if you like them they're over there uh we also have the Smokey and the bandit soundtrack with a bunch of fun stuff so Check that out if you're into movies. Uh, boys, are you okay with doing a couple headlines sure. before we wrap it up? All right, hit the music, Jim. The, the f- film music? Yeah, I got that. Yes, the film music. Wood. my favorite. Business. Um, all right. A couple of uh, notes here, boys. Um... Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, just went through its third round of reshoots. Ah. Oh, no. I was going to say, you're saying they're threatening to actually release it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you say, Dukes, why are you bringing this up? Well, I thought you might be interested as to why they had to reshoot it. Uh, oh. So, this movie was supposed to come out before The Flash. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. They fucked all that up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They had a cameo in this movie shot with Michael Keaton again as Batman. They cut that out, and they shot a cameo with Ben Affleck as Batman. Okay. Okay. They've now cut both of those out. Cool. Good. Wow. Great. So they had to go back and refilm because they have eliminated Keaton and Affleck as Batman from the shitty Aquaman movie. The, the reason why this is noteworthy, <laughs> other than fuck these movies, yeah. Michael Keaton has now been completely cut out of two DC properties as Batman. 
if you want a point, you're not doing your job right. You're, you, you have convinced this man to come back and take this role, something he was never going to do, and now you fucked it up twice for no good reason whatsoever, including one of the biggest superhero bombs of all time, The Flash, which has now grossed less money officially than the Green Lantern Ryan Reynolds movie, wow. which has been a punchline for, I feel like, half our lives. I'm glad he got to repave his driveway. I guess, man. <laughs> one of those fucking paychecks. Holy shit. Can you, can you imagine saying, you know what? We got to cut Michael Keaton out of this. It doesn't make sense mechanically or however you say that. Who gives a shit? No one knows what's going on in any of your movies. And I think that's the big thing for me. Like, with the amount of, you know, the, the, the happy trigger that, uh, that Warner Brothers has, you know, especially under the Discovery umbrella, why are they still trying to make this? Why aren't they just cutting their losses on this instead of reshooting and recutting and reshooting and recutting? over and over again because you've seen what development and production hell does to a movie. First off, any surprises get leaked immediately. Uh, it, it's The longer it goes on, the more likely people are just going to be like, eh, whatever, yeah. I'm tired of hearing about it. And my understanding is that they've been trying to basically reboot the entire DC movie franchise around James Gunn's new oh, vision anyway. So what does this movie give you if you're going to just throw out Let's say was it, it was Batwoman, right? Like, yeah. if you're just gonna throw that out, just throw this out. I mean, just move on with Maybe your Maybe because lives. the first one made a giant. I mean, I can make it at nine hundred million dollars. I mean, a giant pile of money. That's yeah. a long time. I ago. forgot. I forgot it. it was. Do you a, know how bad that movie is, dude? I forget that it exists. <laughs> like, there's a fifty-minute scene at the end where they're fighting on a green screen. And I'm like. Who the fuck didn't walk out of this movie? And I movie? feel so bad. It's not James Wan's fault. He signed Patrick on. Patrick Wilson's for, in it. He signed, he signed on for this bullshit. James Wan is a great movie maker. He is a great fucking director. And he's directing Patrick Wilson. Yes, which She's is his guy. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got a uh, you know so symbiosis going. They do. So it's not. I, I don't think it's his fault. I know he had signed on to do this, so he was contractually obligated. We will never see a franchise movie from him again after this. And thank God for that. Malignant, yeah, we all win. Malignant was was. Amazing, wow. and I hope he just makes weird, crazy horror shit for well, the rest of his career. He might make his own franchise movies still. Sure, they just uh, yeah, won't be big established IPs. He birthed yeah. Saw, he birthed Insidious, and I'm glad in The Conjuring, and I'm glad that those exist. But I think he's trying to get as far away from this. Studios have meddled in the last, I think, four movies that he's made. Uh, he got fucked. Vin Diesel fucked him over with Fast and Furious, even though that one's probably the best of the franchise. Uh, he got fucked over with reshoots for The Conjuring 2. They, mm. they completely they made him add in The Nun because they didn't like the movie that he had made. They didn't say it was scary and enough. Then, and then, and, and can you imagine the guy that, he probably the, the, the most relevant horror director of the last 20 years, and you're just, you're telling him, no, this isn't scary enough. You have to go and, and add this this other thing in. No, Which has nothing to do with the core and, story and, and, of the entire then, thing. Yeah. yeah, and then, you know, he, he got, when, when there was still promise behind this franchise, he got the opportunity to direct a superhero movie, and... It's such a disaster that he he just had he had no control over it. So I'm such a huge fan of his. I just hope that he bounces back and, and is is creatively content in whatever. He I'm gonna does play next. the devil's advocate. The nun grossed 365 million dollars. That is a staggering number. That's an unbelievable. That is a number. staggering number for that movie. You know how much it cost? Hmm. Twenty two. Yeah, million. I was say yeah. nothing. Twenty two. No one. No That's just in free it. money. Yeah. There's no one in it. Look, man, every once in a while, those fucking suits get it right. I mean, hey. it's just, they do. And sometimes, I, I hate to say this, Dottie, I don't mind directors being told no every once in a while because they're all crazy and they all fucking get lost in their own world. But I So what you're what saying you're is you've already pre-ordered your tickets for the next Nun movie. I'm going to see the next the Nun movie. There's nothing wrong with that. The way. Nun was bad, but that Nun is horrifying, yeah. especially in yeah. that Conjuring it's, movie. It's effective. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, like he he's like, all right, I'll make it scary for you. Yeah. Here, like, I, I think that he did that. 
much better than someone else would, given what he had to work with. Is there any chance you look at it like, I'm going to hire a chef and let him know, hey, I don't like mayonnaise, or hey, I would appreciate it if you could work something in that makes... Remember we were at the, well, we were at the Tiki place, remember yeah. you were there? Mm -hmm. And the guy said, what do you like? And we said, well, I like these three ingredients. He's like, all right, I'll make you a cocktail with those ah. three ingredients. Is it possible that like you bring in a director that knows what they're doing, but you're like, hey, we know a little something about how scary shit is. Could you work this in there, too? Is yeah, there I mean, that's there a ground? chance you could I, add a pinch yeah. of cinnamon to this. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't think he's been given the middle ground. I think he's been just dealt a shit hand after shit hand. And, oh. and but then, but then he got to make *Malignant*, which was like, you know, the most out there, yeah, opposite great. movie of what he had been making for the last, at this point, almost ten years. I'm gonna watch *Malignant* when I get home. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great. If you haven't seen *Malignant*, you absolutely should. Tor hates it. It's another good reason to watch it. <laughs> um, you guys aren't going to like this either. It's another superhero story, but there's another reason behind why I'm saying Oh, uh, no. Blue Beetle is the other movie coming out for DC, and we're all excited. Um, I've already bought my tickets for all of us. Do I have to buy tickets for it uh, through the blockchain? Uh, well, it's an interesting question, uh, Goat. If you do, you're buying tickets to the second shortest DC movie of all time. Now, I would ask you, what do you think... The runtime is for Blue Beetle, being it is the second shortest. I'm trying to think of what the shortest would be. Superman, four, what, are we are we going like all all DC forever? I don't believe forever? so. I can't imagine. Like the, the, the current of, of the era, okay, of the, the modern era, the era, yeah, I bullshit. Yeah. Era. Okay. I'd say uh, since the Dark Knight. All right, so I think Justice League, not the Snyder Cut. Regular Justice League is like two hours seven minutes. Mm. Uh, the longest, by the way, is the Snyder Cut, yeah. four hours and two no minutes. No kidding. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'll never guess. get that Sunday back. Uh, two hours and two minutes. That's probably the angriest show we've ever done. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. We oh, were yeah. subjected to that. And, uh, you have a gas goat? Uh, yeah, I was going to say uh, 147. Ooh. Yes, under two hours. I was going to go 157. The shortest movie of all time is Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. At some point, they changed it to Harley Quinn, semicolon, or colon, Birds of Prey. I didn't realize Oh, not that. Emancipation oh. of Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey on tour with I the Partridge family. No Shit. idea. Um, one hour, 49 minutes. Blue Beetle, two hours and seven minutes. Okay. They're taking a victory lap. Oh. The Blue Beetle movie is over two hours. Um if you're talking about scrapping a movie, at least Aquaman is Jason Momoa, and by the way, we made $900 million. How the fuck are they still going to put out a Blue Beetle? And they've gone as far as to say that the Blue Beetle is going to be, it was first supposed to be part of whatever Snyder was doing, oh. and now they are grandfathering it in to so this is the James this, Gunn's. The, the genesis of the yeah. new DCEU. No cool. fucking idea, and it's and it's and it's still over two hours, and I just I don't understand when this happened. I I said this to Eric Davis today. The first Mission Impossible I think was an hour and fifty one minutes. Yeah, and it felt like a pretty lengthy movie when I remember watching. Yeah, it. they were all in that like the first few were all in that like kind of hour and a half, hour fifty, and then they started to creep up as the uh, as the franchise went on. Help me out, guys. And Dotson, you work in a movie theater. If your movie's longer. That means you get less viewings of it in the theater. Correct. So that means you have to then, if you want it, you have to put it in more theaters. So that drives out other movies out of the theater quicker. Yes. So everything about longer movies, regardless of whether you like them or not, I don't think is healthy for movie theaters because you have less screenings, then you have less options. 
Is that fair to say? And it, just, and it depends on well, when you're making superhero movies like this. The goal is to be making money, right? So you're right. Like the the new whatever it is, whether it's it's a Scorsese movie or a Coppola movie or whatever, and it's three hours long. It's like all right, you're not going to make as much. But they're trying to win Oscars, right? Yes. Or their their artistic expression, whatever you want to say. But this this is a cash cow. You are just trying to churn the dollars, and you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're not going to fill as many auditoriums if you have this long ass movie. Um, or they're going to blow their load, they're going to put it in four of their auditoriums, and then they're going to be done with it a week right. afterwards. Which is it? Which is what's going to happen. And that's why you saw, leading up until Mission Impossible, they were sneaking fucking Indiana Jones out of theaters left and right. I don't know if yeah. you guys saw that yeah. story yeah. in anticipation of this weekend that was coming up. Last story, uh, Tuber and I went to go see Insidious Red Door last week. Mm-hmm. Um it has made $122 million uh, over that, almost $123 million. That feels respectable. Really is. Um, $58 million here, $64.5 million internationally. It has outperformed Insidious Chapter 2 during opening weekend, which was the highest grossing uh, installment in the series okay. history. So it's actually doing better now with inflation. Who the fuck knows how much right, money tickets were. Right, right. Um, that's good, and I'm, I'm glad because I like the franchise, and the first two Insidious movies are real good. This is a bad movie. Um, it's real slow, not a lot of scares whatsoever, and uh, as Tuber and I were leaving, he, I thought you made a stage-like point. He goes, Patrick Wilson directed this. Yeah. I believe it's his directorial debut. Correct. He said he's going to take it on the chin for this, and it ain't his fucking fault. It is a poorly written movie. And it's written by the guy who wrote, can you guess? <laughs> I pretended to like it for an hour and a half. Oh no, not not one of the bad Halloween, Halloween kills. Kills, kills. Yes. not yes. ends. No, I still haven't no. seen ends. Oh, okay. Good, I might good. I might wait till I might I might cross. I'm I'm close enough to a year now. I might just cross that cross the year mark of when it came out, and then I'll watch it. Just afterwards. just yeah, just yeah, hit yeah, it yeah, and yeah. take take the bullet. I'll watch it in November. <laughs> right after Halloween, yeah. <laughs> um, holidays it'll, over. It'll make you glad that Halloween's <laughs> passed. Yeah. yeah. And also, it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know how anyone could have enjoyed that movie. Uh, the first Insidious made a hundred million dollars. So okay. it did way better than that. It is the highest-grossing Insidious movie so far, which is crazy to me because it's probably my least favorite. Uh, excuse me. The Insidious: The Last Key is still the worldwide box office titan. Which, by the way, that's a bad movie too. Yeah, it ain't great. This, the Red yeah. Door is not good, but I'm. It's not like I'm rooting against it, right? No. Like I'm glad that it made this money. I'm glad that people are going out to see horror movies in the midst of, you know, summer blockbuster action franchise town. Yeah. Um, as and, and yeah, Insidious is a franchise movie, but it's not a juggernaut like Mission Impossible, Indiana Jones, whatever. Well, and it's been so. a minute since the last one came out. Yeah, I mean, so. it, it, it picks up where Insidious two left off, and that yeah. was ten years ago. That was 2013. Yeah, so. $16 million production budget, $126 million at the worldwide box office. And I, I think we should, you know, we, we well, should make sure that people know we didn't walk out of this movie like really angry. We were just I was like, disappointed. We were just like, yeah. oh, well, that was kind of nothing. But hey, at least we're out at the movies together. Like, yeah, this true. is nice. I think uh, I did see a headline that they, that the Insidious franchise is on indefinite hiatus. I think it was uh, Patrick Wilson and, and James Wan both. Like said that they said there's no plans to make another one, which after seeing this one I was actually kind of disappointed to hear because I felt like this one we're five movies in and we still don't know anything about Darth Maul. You know, yeah. it's like what's no idea what well, is, what is his deal? And what's that's happening? the biggest letdown. It's like oh we're finally gonna get more of this guy. We're gonna understand. We're gonna spend a lot. The best part of that we're first opening movie the door. Is it's gonna happen oh. once they're beyond the door. That's when all the cool shit is. That's that's where like James Wan's vision comes into play. Yeah and. 
we didn't get that with this. We, we didn't get any of it, really. No. And, and, and the most frustrating part about it for me is, like, we had to watch these two characters, the dad and the son, go through and learn about this just like they did in the first movie. And I'm like, guess what? The rest of us, we've already seen this movie. <laughs> So why do we have to relive this We know this Uncle again? Ben you know is I mean? dead, okay? We don't <laughs> exactly. need to watch Uncle Ben die one more time. It kind of reminded me of First Jurassic World and The uh, Force Awakens, where it's just, oh, you just remade the first movie yeah. in these installments. It's just, it's just later in time. So, yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's not good. Yes, not Patrick Wilson's fault. I, I hope he directs more movies. I think that, like, James Wan and Lee Whannell produced it so that he had them to kind of mentor him through it, and I hope that... He gets a chance to do something else because I really like the guy. Um, didn't didn't E Rock like see him in Starbucks sometimes or something like that? I don't know. He yeah. does. I'm I'm very jealous. <laughs> I, 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 I think he told me like he they go to the same coffee shop and he's like a really nice guy and everyone kind of knows him. I want to be with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Around him, he looks amazing. By the way, yeah, he looks. Oh, yeah. they both do. The, yeah. what, what is it? Rose Rose Byrne. She looks exactly the same. Everybody looks exactly. Yeah. The same. Also, yeah, not enough of her in this not new she's one great. because she's one of the best parts of those first two movies. Like she is, she's stellar. And I hate using the word adorable, but that's what she is also. Mm -hmm. And then also the kid kind of sucks. And I I really appreciate uh, the fact they went back and that got it was the same kid. Yeah, but it's a lot yeah. of his close ups of his dumb face and his. <laughs> Speaking of right. Jurassic World, he's also the shitting kid in Jurassic World. Is he really? Yeah. Oh my god, the kid with the helmet hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the dumbest haircut. I it's look bad. at the younger kid in Jurassic World. It's the he's wearing a fucking Raiders helmet. And then he's also the kid, and he so for a while he was just like the the kid and everything. He's in Iron Man three. Uh, oh, he's that. Yeah. Is he that kid? He's where he crash lands and he helps him back out. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Ah! Yeah. Iron Man three. They should call it. He's not going to be Iron Man in this movie ever. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yes, but that was my biggest complaint about the red door is that we got just nothing about nothing. They paint over the red door five seconds after we see it, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. cool. By the way, the whole part with the painting is this you, Dad? It doesn't look anything like him. No, it I was did never not. gonna figure that out. You fucking stink. Nothing happened in that movie. That's it. I had watched the previous four uh, in the two nights prior oh, that's to aggressive. going to see that it. Is so, aggressive. so having it right next to that, I. I I appreciated some of the nods to the earlier movies in the franchise, yeah. but it, it definitely did not quite stand up to the uh, to the original. How was your theater experience? It was. Uh, there were two other people in the theater oh, with wow, me. Okay. It was fantastic. PG thirteen horror movies all, always a little dicey. You yeah, know, uh, in an in an unregulated theater such as the Alamo Draft House, um, you know where it's the Wild West. If you go to a Regal or AMC or whatever, yeah. And, uh, we didn't have any trouble either. Well, yes, we did. We, we had a group of uh, of movie hoppers. Oh yeah, that, you said you yeah. had the the rowdies. They were they were yeah. loud, and also I didn't know who they were, and like I I was worried that they were going to be if they were hopping theaters, they were just going to come in there, and when something scary happened, they were going to start screaming or yeah. hooping or something. So it kind of took me out of it. No, well they they got they got bounced because I think Ant went outside and saw that the manager was kicking you them out. Throw them out, these yeah. Scott <laughs> He's uh, he's big on that. Who? Getting and big it. on getting people kicked out oh, of movie theaters. I fucking love getting people him. kicked out of movie theaters. <laughs> Fuck it was those the best assholes. part. But when you, when you were an usher making seven fifty an hour and you had the power to tell someone to get go fuck themselves because they don't have a ticket. <laughs> oh, someone pulls out their phone. It was it was the highlight of the week for me. Yeah, yeah. man was not a fan of the movie theater hot dog at the Regal Cinemas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were there were two other people in the theater with me when I saw it, and uh, one of them left as soon as the credits started rolling, and the other one. The other gentleman, we just sat there waiting for the credits to end, figuring, well, maybe this one they'll have a post-credit sequence. And then they just go, hey, it's a light flickering on the door. And we went, oh, 
Well, that kind of fits with the rest of the movie. You know what I, I realized, and I think this was after we had already left, so I, I kept this to myself. There are no fucking violins in this one. No. Yeah. They don't have the, 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 the screeching you know, that strings. Like, that yeah. is, it's the, the, the most upsetting part of those the fucking running, movies. Running a whisk broom over a violin. Through yeah. The, yeah. What's it called? The, 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 ne- the nether? What is the fucking area called that the ghost lives the, in? The, the ether. It's, it's the some, other side. It's the, the, further, the, the further. further. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. further was so much scarier in the first yeah. two. The, the further was just it, they're walking I mean, around in mist. Yeah, the further was scarier in the two inter, intermediate movies too. Like it was just the further. Yeah. It's like they ran out of money for the set or something. I, I have no idea, man. Or they cut a bunch, or or something. It was it was yeah. really disappointing. I was just and hoping like, there'd be a bit more resolution. I mean, I guess there was for the characters, but not that. for me. There was a scene. <laughs> there's a scene in the first Insidious where they don't even show anything. It's just the old lady walking in, and she sees something up in the corner of the bedroom above the kid. Yeah, and she just starts whispering to it's the guy. So that's, fucking it's, scary! I, I get goosebumps now. It's yeah. fucking horrifying. Like that movie is really upsetting. Yeah, it's real good. I'm glad. I'm very glad that it exists. Jesse, you see that movie? I didn't see that one. Oh, okay, no. all right. Well, let's watch Insidious. We'll do. Okay. All right. Um, all right. I am happy his hernia is gone. Thank you. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, yes. Me too. Personally and professionally, I'm glad for you for no longer having that. Oh, I wish they could have removed some of his 14-year-old girl sensibilities, but that is for another <laughs> operational procedure. Later, later. later. <laughs> Much later in it. All right, very good. Kevin, thank you for being our audience tonight. Oh, I wish, yeah. we should probably just continue, you know, talking about the Blue Beetle. Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, I could also just have, I have an entire thesis here on what it was, the red demon face guy oh, and yeah. how it was fired, so I... I read, a, you know, I watched all the movies so quickly together. I had a lot of quick thoughts that I put down. Well, look, it's, dude, it's a know, nice seven or eight page thesis that I'd like to read you uh, out loud, uninterrupted. I know I admitted at the like beginning of this so. podcast. Jesus Christ, goat! Huh? I said I love movies, but I don't love movies that much. In oh. fact, I'm tired of talking, Dukes. I just want to win the Daytona 500 and get drunk. I just want to be sober and very depressed. 